0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! You're listening to the
2: NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
3: Yo, it's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the godfather, post-wrestling, the NWA, not, oh, keep guessing, huh. The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's hot excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in Nubian kings and queens, we invested in. It's for the culture and we rapping it. It's for the culture and we rapping it.
2: And welcome to the NWA podcast, The Nubian Wrestling Advocates. The program all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. We are back. And and I know you're probably out there watching, if you're watching live with us on uh, this Father's Day, this this Sunday here in June, the first Nubian Wrestling Advocates of the summer. Like, why why is Brother Nate the only person on the screen right now? And all I can say is, you know, here it is, you know, uh, 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 just just something to switch up the pace a little bit, something to change the game a little bit. You know, we, we've got two great guests on tonight. Uh, one of the members of the Advocates is not going to be here, uh, but I will let you know what we are going to do tonight because, you know, here it is. It's a show that is going to uh, have a lot of different thoughts and a lot of different voices and a lot of different opinions and a lot of different people kind of bumping into each other and, and jostling and whatnot and, and some would say colliding but uh, we are trying to effort the professor Chris Ely. Uh, I don't know where he is out there in the atmosphere and the ethos. Uh, as I mentioned the nephew will not be joining us tonight. Is that the good brother Dr. Chris Ely?
4: Yeah, that's me. I
2: don't, I don't know what's back. going on with the camera. Let's pull back the curtain and let the people know what's going on. So, Andrew mm-hmm. had a you know, family commitment, so much love to the nephew. Andrew couldn't be here tonight. Uh, you know, I just got through working a 59-hour work week, Chris. like They owe mm-hmm. me so much money in overtime at the day job. It's, it's ridiculous. And yeah. for those that have not heard yet, this man, Chris, in addition to being the mayor pro tem of Los Angeles, California, in addition to just returning from a wonderful vacation in Cancun uh, that he spent with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the rest of the Lakers. <laughs> so they were eliminated from the NBA playoffs. the eventual NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. Uh, in addition to being, uh, you know, one of the smartest and, and, and most uh, uh, knowledgeable people uh, to cover this this pro wrestling thing, and, 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 you know, in addition to being a professor, in addition to being the new, co-host of the kings of sport podcast maybe even more important than all of that i'm not even gonna say maybe chris i'm not even gonna qualify it quite (laughs) certainly more important than all of that this brother chris is nursing an injury and and i don't mean to put your business out here on front street chris on the nwa podcast Mm -hmm. but chris is nursing an injury because he twisted his ankle this past week when he jumped the broom ladies and gentlemen (laughs) chris ely off the market. Much love to you and and your beautiful new bride, my brother Chris. Let the people know how you're feeling right now, my man.
4: Uh, I'm feeling great, man. Um, I had um, so I did two milestones uh, last week on mm. Friday. Um, I walked for my uh, PhD. Um, yeah. I earned my PhD like in 2020, but 2020 we were still in the pandemic, and I finished. And then 2021, they were still doing virtual ceremonies, but it was very important for my mom. Uh, she wanted to see me walk across the stage. Um, it's hard for me to do that after brain surgery, but I I did it for, for her and my family. I'm the first person uh, in my immediate family to uh, get a PhD. So that uh, meant a, a lot to me. And then the very next day, I got uh, married, had mm. a, a very nice wedding ceremony to everybody that attended. Um, I'm still trying to muster up forgiveness for the people who um, RSVP'd that they would show up to the wedding, mm. and then on the day of the wedding, mm. something came up. I had mm. three people on the day of my wedding, last Saturday, that had dogs die, and my uh Wife was right there when it happened. It's like three times, to- three people in a row. They were their dog. They were either having to put their dog to sleep, oh, wow. or their dog just died. And I'm not calling anybody a liar. I know how much animals <laughs> mean to people, but three times in a row is is a little much. And then I had uh, three people the day of also that had to get surgery that day. Mm. Uh, and, the, and the, the, I don't know, if uh, when you're putting together weddings and you RSVP and stuff, you got to get the numbers, like, right. exactly right. Get the head count. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, shout out to uh, Marcus, who had already told me that he had prior uh, engagements that day. So we I didn't have to <laughs> worry about him. But for the people that, that pulled that on me, uh, mm. That, that, that stuff was expensive, you know what I'm saying? And, and me and my woman pay for the whole thing. But the wedding was was great. It was beautiful. All my friends from all across the country, really, um, were friends and family from all across the country showed up. Um, and it was just a, a, a great day. You know, one of those things where if I could bottle it up and open it up, you know, and Anytime I'm in a bad mood and have it, you know, that's what I would do. It was really, really great, man. And um, I know that y'all were there with me in spirit. You know, it's like I, you know, I know everyone was going to fly to L.A. for uh, my wedding. I know how the Pet Boys uh, (laughs) has has you. But, you know, I just um, it was it was it was a great weekend for me last week. I can't uh, stress that enough.
2: Yeah, man. And again, you know, on behalf of myself and I know Andrew, uh, and, and, and everybody listening and watching, man, want to send a lot of love <clears> to <throat> you and the wife, man, and the rest of the family. And we, we, we proud of you, brother, you know, just from what, what you've gone through this past year, year mm-hmm. and a half to where you are today, man, we, everybody that's listening, even if they don't agree with you, cause I know we got some haters in the comments, even if they don't agree with you, everybody uh respects you, brother.
4: Oh yeah. I appreciate that, man. And uh, well, they'll, they'll, I'm sure I'll have some people disagree with me today.
5: So,
2: uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it, we'll have some people disagree with you. Maybe even one it. of our guests that's coming on, Chris, because as I mentioned, we got two big guests on the program this week because Andrew Thompson <coughs> couldn't make it. So we had to, we had to, uh, you know, uh, rally the troops, you know, to right, make up right. for the loss of the youngest in charge. And our <coughs> first, our very first guest this week. It's somebody who should be no stranger to the audience. And again, speaking of the audience, if you want to get in on this conversation, because we're going to talk a lot about not only AEW and what they've been doing in recent weeks, uh, but we're going to talk about the biggest stories of the year, because now that we're in June, we're at the halfway point of 2023, Chris. So we're going to give our picks for some of the biggest stories um, of the year in the, in the sport of pro wrestling. Uh, but this man that's coming on right now, y'all probably heard him. A little over, you know, 24 hours ago, you know, this man was watching what TK and them brought to the table last night for the debut episode of Collision. And this man stepped up to the microphone when John Pollock and Waiting said, we need some folks that can talk about this show. So let me bring on one half of the host of Collision Course here on Post Wrestling. Y'all know this man. You know, we're going to take a shot in the dark and bring on his brother, John Sino. Sino, what's good, my man? What's going on, Nate? What's going on,
5: Chris? It's an honor to be on here. When I RSVP'd, I made sure no matter what pet is <laughs> happening in my life, I was not going to miss this. No surgery could have held me back. It's an honor to be on the NWA podcast. I'm a constant listener to this show. So I'm very proud and very honored to to uh, take the place of a, a young one in charge, of Mr. Andrew Thompson here.
2: Well, it's, here's the thing, you know, because you mentioned Chris and the people that RSVP'd and didn't show up. I think that was kind of a blessing and a curse for Chris, knowing Chris, because on the one hand, it's like, damn, you know, we spent this money that we didn't need to, but on the other hand, Sino, that's like a full table of mimosas that's just for Christmas. Mm. Uh,
4: and, and we did have a lot of wedding crashers that day too. So, oh, like, for real? Yeah, oh yeah, man, it, it kind of made up for himself. Like one. I dude was like, yeah, but I mean, we were at this other wedding and it sucked, but this wedding. Wow.
2: Awesome.
4: And, wow. People and, do that.
2: They just yeah. dip on the <laughs> wedding that they were invited to and came to your wedding.
4: Yeah. 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 And I was
5: too drunk to care. I think what, <laughs> so I like Congratulations yeah. on everything, Chris. Big week with the PhD <sighs> and the wedding. So, yep. Uh, Congratulations thanks. on everything. Absolutely. Thanks, sir, I'm, I'm going to
2: ask that. you a question though, Chris, one last question about your, your wedding because uh, I know the audience of the NWA podcast need to know this answer. You talked about having wedding crashes. Uh, mm-hmm. Was one of these wedding crashes uh, a Nigerian <laughs> giant, brother?
4: Uh, nah, <laughs> Did Omar man. show up to the wedding? No, nah, I think he got married a couple days before I got yes. married, but yeah, if I if had known that he was uh, getting uh, married that week, I would have definitely... Uh, made a stop by his wedding he could have came by mine <laughs> um, like uh yeah man it was uh yeah that was that was a weird uh twist of irony right there right that he was yeah. uh getting married the same week i got married so it,
2: it's funny uh so, you know because we have like a, a group chat on uh twitter so it's me chris it's andrew thompson and it's marcus vanderberg the invisible hand of the nwa podcast and we always you know we talk about wrestling we talk about politics we talk about sports and uh we knew chris was getting married uh this past week and i don't remember i don't know if it was andrew or marcus but somebody was like how how in the hell is this happening because omas and chris the two men involved in one of the 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 biggest feuds of the past two or three years getting married on the same week man i was like you know what maybe maybe that's a sign chris Maybe the universe is trying to tell you something, man. And, and, and we need to get Omos on the podcast so y'all can officially squash the beef. Y'all both married now. Y'all both grown men, husbands, <laughs> maybe fathers one day. Y'all need to stop this, Chris. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This
4: this is a this is a it's like the East Coast, West Coast beef uh, <laughs> in the 90s. It's it's media, it's a lot of media hype behind
2: that. We all um, in the same game, Chris. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of gang, like, I don't know where I'm going to go with this transition. I'm kind of up in the air right now. See, so, so, you know, uh, but speaking of gangs, let me see if I can land this plane. There seems to be some gang warfare in a W some factions, if you will. See, so, you know, well, we've got one group of people that have a problem with another group of people or another person. And one way to solve this problem is, Hey, We all work for the same company, but you stay over there, I'm going to stay over here. And that is part of the impetus behind the show that you are now covering with the great Kate from Montreal every week here on Post Wrestling, Collision. And so last night we saw the debut episode of Collision, which I I, I was talking with SP3 from True Hill Heat uh, yesterday. I feel like Collision is really AW's in-school suspension. When you got all the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got all the talented but troubled teens that we can't put around the rest of the other students because they'll contaminate the classroom and keep them from learning. And so we got Punk. We got Miro. You know, we, we got Thunder Rosa. We got people over here that, that, that can definitely go. But maybe there's some issues. And so my first question to you, John Cena, watching this show last night, I want your immediate thoughts. But the biggest question of all, do you know the Muffin Man?
5: How could I not know the Muffin Man? I feel like all I hear about is the Muffin Man since he started in AEW. (laughs) And it's a gift and it's a curse. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about AEW. A lot of people are talking about this show. And probably there's going to be a good viewership of this show. But Mm -hmm. the unfortunate part of it is it's going to be because of the controversy. They want to see what he's going to say. They want to see what he's going to do. What does he have in the red bag? What's he going to, you know, all these questions. And it's like. The wrestling was really good last night, but how many people are really talking about the wrestling? I mean, obviously they can talk about the promo, what he said, you know, the, the lines, the cheap shots here or there. But yeah, it's interesting times where we have to, like, like you said, have this like after school program with all the bad kids, like, they're gonna be in a different show, you know, they're gonna be in a different like place, and I'm gonna be in the same locker room. It's 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 really sad in one way, but it's pretty freaking interesting it's pretty like intriguing you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you want to know what's going to happen you want to know what's going to happen on wednesday like are the young bucks going to come back and say something is mjf going to say something be, being called not, not the real champion so it's like it's like your weekly drama right it's like mm-hmm. your soap operas you want to you want to tune in you want to see what's going to happen you know on, on your telenovela you want to know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. week so it, it's interesting but it, the negative part is it does take away from a lot of the good talent you have your andrade making a return Miro Mm -hmm. making return, first time since All Out. And people are talking about them, but most people are talking about
2: the Muffin Man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and my thing, John, is when you look at collision and we're not going to get super deep into the actual show itself, because that's what collision courses for John and Kate mm-hmm. uh, were joined by John Pollock for a great review of that episode. So you can go back and check that out. If you're a member of the post wrestling cafe. Uh, but just in terms of what I thought in general about, Collision, <sighs> I thought collision was a good show. Like it's, it's good wrestling, which AEW like, that's what they do, right? Like, they they can roll out of bed and throw out a show that has plenty of three and four star matches on it you know because of the caliber of the talent on the roster chris the biggest question for me going in going in was a how would they position punk because he is the star of the show you know he is the 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 coolest troubled teen in the class you know he's uh he's uh I, I was trying to think like who he's not he's not Zach Morris because Zach Morris yeah. isn't like a troubled teen uh, he's he's not really AC Slater. I think he's more like Tory When Tory showed up on that random on the season, with, with, with the
5: leather yeah. jacket, yeah, that, that's uh, what I, Punk is.
4: I, I, th- I was thinking Dylan McKay from Nine Hundred Two. Okay, okay, okay. So like, yeah. we we'll see it. Uh, we'll he's, see the the, he's the he's the one genuine article uh, <laughs> in a, in a room full of counterfeit bucks or whatever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, one Bill Phil. Uh, but here's the thing, because I think obviously we know punk is masterful when it comes to the art of communicating with an audience. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any worries like, Oh, you know, he he's not going to know what to say, or he's going to say mm-hmm. the wrong thing. The question is, can you sustain this, you know? And I think that's maybe the, the question you and Kate will, uh, you know, work towards answering over the next few months uh, of this show, because I saw a lot of interest for that show last night, mm-hmm. but is that going to be something that is sustainable? Is that going to be something that you can build upon? You know, because as great as I think the show last night was received, we know we're in an age, especially after the pandemic, where people's attention spans have been greatly shortened and people want to move on to the next thing. People want to move on to the what's next. Like movies, they're – Box office bombs all around. Shout out to that, to that. Uh, I was going to say uh, good brother, uh, but A, that's uh, disrespectful uh, in, in terms of, you know, how they identify, but also disrespectful because I don't think that they're a good person. But I was going, you know, Ezra Miller. Like, we've seen The Flash. Like, spew, nose nosedive. The Little Mermaid. I like The Little Mermaid, but Little Mermaid ain't making no money on these streets, Chris. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's, entertainment-wise, and I think you can speak to this too, Chris, because you've, you know, besides politics you've also done a lot of work in the entertainment space like the way people consume stuff post pandemic is different than five years ago or 10 years ago and so when we bring it back to this show right here collision do you feel like it has legs do you feel like this is going to be something where people tune in for the first month to see what punk has to say and then after a while it's like well we've seen that trick before what else is on
4: Yeah, I think Punk is going to have to be exclusive to Saturday nights for that show Mm -hmm. to uh, be successful. Um, I was actually listening to uh, John uh, and um, Kate's uh, show uh, before we we got on the air. I was listening to it this morning. Um, And it's just... Um, the perspectives of, and this is more of an indictment on myself than it is on uh, Kate from Montreal, but, uh, she kind of thought that, that CM Puck's promo, um, was, um, on the heel side of things. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't really see it like that. I saw his promo as more on the, uh, baby face side of things. But let me preface that by saying, when I watched the hood classic, uh, training day, um i i I don't see uh alonzo harris as the 100 bad guy in that movie Mm. i i actually look at him as a decent guy that was misunderstood you know i think um i think (laughs) because i mean like like like, I mean, I don't he, know
2: was, what... he did have a deal going with the Russian mafia, Chris. Spoiler. Yeah, alert. He
4: had a deal going on with the Russian mafia because he uh, he took out one of their dues, right? And then um, <laughs> like um the the thing with Alonzo is that all the stuff that he asked Hoyt to do,
3: mm-hmm. Hoyt
4: didn't have to agree to any of that stuff. You like you got you 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 let a rapist go, you know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. you, t- you, you got wet on the job. You did all kinds of, all, all Hoyt was asking, I mean, all Alonzo was asking you to do was break one more rule, you know? Um, <laughs> and like, why couldn't you do that? You know, but Just one more rule. Yeah, exactly, man. You are, you, you, you got wet on the job. You let a rapist go. Um, you searched Macy Gray's house without an actual <laughs> warrant. Like th- there these; these are a bunch of rules that you broke. Um, mm. and um, granted, uh, Lonzo did put a gun in that guy's head, and <laughs> then it, it said "It's not like I put a gun to your head." But like I said, it's 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 more of those like kind of perspective things. I think CM Punk, um sees um the the vantage point that I look at CM the lens I look at CM Punk at through is he feels like he's this 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 the guy that takes his job seriously mm-hmm. in a company filled with um cartoon characters you know so that was kind of um the way I look at CM Punk and when I looked watched the show yesterday um it felt like a, a special show, you know, like if, if I had to choose between watching that Saturday night show versus a WWE pay-per-view um, or whatever they call them nowadays. I think I live left, event, yeah, a premium live, live event, Chris. Event. Yeah, I think I would have left my um my uh, TV on uh, AEW um because i thought the show was good it wasn't like a filled with surprises and stuff like that i think it was mm-hmm. a te- it was a tempered down show but it felt special the elton john song at the beginning of it um you know i'm a i'm a fan of elton john so um i i liked it <laughs> i i just really do appreciate and and shout out to um to jim ross as well cuz i i mm-hmm. i, I I've said this on the show before, Nate. I'm a Jim Ross fan. Yeah. Um, I, I I think that, um, I, like, I think that the wrestling fanboys kind of need to give him a break a little bit. It's like, I, I I I'm a sports fan. I come from an area where you know I've listened to Vince Scully announce mm-hmm. baseball way past his prime. Pat mm-hmm. Summerall and John Madden. Pat. Uh, announced football way past their prime. Mm-hmm. Marv Albert announced basketball way past his prime. Yep. I think that just comes with being a sports fan. I think that I think even though Jim Ross isn't always one hundred percent, he adds um, a credibility. Yeah. to wrestling that you don't get from other announcers. So I, I felt bad for him because he really shouldn't have been on last night because that right. fall, those picks, he did not look good from that. But I think Jim Ross being on that show, I think that um, CM Punk on the show, um, just all the wrestlers that we hadn't seen in months at this point, mm-hmm. being on the show made made the show a good show. Um, and... Um, I'm on the West Coast, so it comes on at 4 p.m. out here. So, um, or was it 5 p.m. out here? So
2: I'll be watching the show before dinner. That'll be your dinner time entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got no problem with it. So, Uh, I think. You know, kind of getting back to to the muffin man of it all, uh, John Ceno. Like I, I dug the promo. You know, to Chris's point and to some of the points from some of the people that we saw commenting. And again, if you do want to get your comment first in line, you know, if you want to skip the line, if you if you uh you know want to be a star in these comments, like this man Phil Brooks, hit that super chat button and we will get to your comment first and foremost. But in terms of the character work, um, I believe that CM Punk is is going they, like they're gonna have to play this really weird game of 3D chess, where you've got the elite and you got Punk. Both are baby faces, both are heels. Like it's this, it's this advanced level of trigonometry. This, this is what Vince Russo wished he could do with Shades of Gray back in WCW, where you actually have compelling reasons to like or dislike either side. Um, and so, the, I think the biggest thing for me though is we've with Punk. The other thing we got last night from the promo, Sino, was the idea that, hey, I never lost this title. And so it kind of sets up this pocket universe. You know, we used to have the Cody-verse in AEW, the Devontae-verse, if you will. And now it feels like Collision, at least for the immediate future, is going to be this pocket universe uh, where CM Punk is kind of the kingpin. And so just as a a viewer, Sino, and as somebody who covers this stuff, like, do you think that's a formula for success? Like, just kind of not a hard split? I think Kate said it best last night. It's almost like a soft brand split yeah, uh, within AEW. So how do you feel like that's going to progress with this show, man?
5: Yeah, so, speaking on Punk, like, I know we we're going to going back and forth between him being a babyface and a heel, and Matt Holland put a comment saying that he thinks that Punk is going to be a tweener, and you brought up the Cody verse, and me looking at your Cody shirt Maybe re- remember when Cody was on a different verse, the hour verse, and what was Oliver Queen? He was a vigilante, mm, right? Yeah, he he yeah. wasn't a bad guy, he wasn't a good guy, and Punk, especially in Chicago, came off like a vigilante. <clears throat> like, I'm here, yeah. I'm going to be fixing things, I'm going to be doing things for you, you might not like everything, you might not right. like everything I say, but at the end of the day right. I'm doing what's right. Now, that works in Chicago. Will that work in Toronto, and Hamilton, and mm. you know, all these places they're going in Canada? I don't know. He's gonna be here in Newark in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's gonna work here. So <laughs> it's really tough. And then back to the East Coast, West Coast thing you're talking about. What was the best part about that, right? Tupac had a diss. Biggie came back with a diss. Mm-hmm. So if Punk keeps coming with these disses every week, and we hear nothing from Kenny Omega, nothing from the Elite, nothing from Hangman Page, then either we're all being worked for this eventual. Big match, or we're all just gonna be like led to a land with no promise at the end. Like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's really tough in this. You know, like I was completely Actually, went back and watched the show today, and I am trying to listen. And I feel like there was some some little tiny bits of booze, and I am like, is this like some fans like just not like seeing through his bullshit at this point? Even if you are in Chicago, you are like, all right, we already had this. You already came. You are the savior. You left. You're coming mm-hmm. back again, and it's like, are we going to deal with this again? I don't know. So just the fact that you heard a little bit of booze, it. I'm going to be there in Toronto uh, next week for the second episode of Collision, and I- I'm expecting a hard crowd. I don't think they're going to put Punk on the screen, let alone wrestle because I feel like he might get no, No, they booze. have to. This show is built
4: uh, around yeah. this man.
2: Yeah, you know? I, I,
4: I, know. I, I agree with Nate on this. I think he's got... Look, I think Punk is a polarizing figure, and I do think that I, I don't think he's gonna get like I think he'll get like thirty percent chairs or thirty percent chairs in every market that he's in. I think he'll that's the bottom of the chairs he's gonna get. Mm-hmm. And I think that he'll get the rest of the of the other sixty percent, maybe even ninety percent, um, that will that will boo him, you know. But this is just the kind of figure that he is. And AEW doesn't really have like strong faces and heels in the traditional sense they've they've got situational faces Mm. and situational heels depending on the situation that whoever's in like when cody rhodes needed to be a bad guy against dustin dustin rhodes cody rhodes was the um the bad guy you know um, when they were going against the Bucks, the Bucks were the bad guys. It's it's just that's just how they do things, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of like it like that to a certain extent. Like, um, and the same thing with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan never turned heel or turned right. face. He's just whatever feud he's in, he kind of like goes with the with the tide. You know, it's so, almost the um,
2: more real world kind of uh, uh, idea. Yeah about roles because because you know when you would like at the job chris yeah know, yeah i'm me the whole time but to yeah. some people depending on who i talk to sino they're like man that dude nate is a real good dude man hard worker. like i i rock with that dude you could ask somebody else and they're like man he came in five minutes late yesterday i don't mess with nate like that you know what i'm saying <laughs> I, I haven't changed but the perception around me is different depending on the situation so i, I really I, I never thought about it like that chris but AW does like they do, they don't do traditional booking in <clears throat> the sense of faces and heels, it's situational booking, and I, I think that's a really smart call. Yeah, this I, Chris, I, I this man Chris get he, he he got married, ladies and gentlemen. This man Chris got married, <laughs> he should be the one getting presents this week. He gave y'all a gift <laughs> by breaking down Tony Khan's booking philosophy. Thank you, Chris.
4: <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just <laughs> something that I noticed on the show, you know, and I think that, um, I, I do think that the way AEW does things, it kind of leaves it to interpretation who the bad guy is, who's, who's the good guy, especially in that media scrum, right? Because I've heard, um, at this point, we've heard every single perspective on that, right? We've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh well, Punk was the bad guy because he should have did this, or the Bucks were the bad guys because they should have did that, and it it really just depends on what your outlook is. I think everyone agrees that Punk acted crazy in that media scrum. Um, I think that. Um, but then the other side of that is, was he driven crazy, um, in that media scrum? You know. Um, did hagman page was was it proper for him to you know it's 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 so many different layers to this mm-hmm. um eventually uh tk is going to have to kind of um if they haven't worked it out already they're going to have to f- figure something out you know cuz it is kind of it does get confusing you know um but um right now the way i look at it is this is tk's problem this ain't my problem. <laughs> this ain't our problem. This is—it's the, their job to muddle through this this rocky terrain mm-hmm. and and figure out who's who fits where. Um, and if and if they can't do it, then the show's not gonna—the <clears throat> show's gonna be a failure. You know, real simple.
2: Well, here's the thing, Chris, because I, I agree with everything you just said right there. But also, whenever we talked about this, you, me, and Andrew, like. Could punk coexist with these people? Was he going to come back? My answer from the jump was always like, yes, because it makes the most financial sense. And, right. you know, we all want to believe that, you know, the people that we watch, the people that we cover, the people that we root for are principled people. See, so, yeah. no? But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? You a hip hop aficionado, cash rules everything around me. And so from a financial standpoint, it just makes sense for CM Punk to come back. Not only that, but Chris, you say, can they work together? I say they can work together. If for nothing else, then there's a lot of money to be made. If we translate this stupid, ignorant thing that happened backstage and translate that to an on-screen wrestling feud. Like that's money right there, man. And it's something people can sink their teeth into. And yes, it's... It's the old Chris Rock joke, you know, with Jerry Lewis, and he had the kids on the telethon. He's like, just, just lie to me, Jerry. Lie yeah. to me, Jerry. Like, like, we know, you know, that this, at the end of the day, these are guys working in a professional capacity. But lie to me. I want to feel like this beef is real. So, you know, and, and so I think, to me, for all parties involved, it just makes sense to work with somebody. Even if you can't get along on a friendship level or a personal level, professionally, man, there's so much money. In this thing, if they can keep it together.
5: Yeah, and that's one of the first things he said in this promo, right? It's like, this is a business. And even in the the ESPN interview with Mark Romandi, he was talking about how he tried to like patch things up and whatnot. But then he said he just, he was getting frustrated with everything, right? And this is that with the injury on top of it is what made him blow up. He apologized for that. But he, he says he's trying to apologize. So now it's like, yeah, you're making the guys on the other side with the elite, you know, be like the bad guys because they're the ones not like trying to make up with Punk. But you know, if it was up to punk, yeah, make business, you know, make real bucks right. instead of counterfeit bucks.
3: Mm. Right. And if
4: you have you, you ever watched uh, Cobra Kai, um <laughs> uh, that uh like um Johnny on that show, mm-hmm. like when he tells his version of the events from uh Karate Kid Part One, he tells the his story like he's the good guy in that yep. story, right? Right. Um, and I think that's just kind of what we're getting with uh, the Bucks and uh, CM Punk. I'm, I'm sure that each side, the elite guys and the Punk side, I'm sure they they think they are right and they are the good ones in that situation. And you got your guys like FTR who are taking sides, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in the company's kind of like, you know, Taking taking their sides, you got certain announcers who are like, "Hey, um, you, I understand what Punk was saying," and you know, just people trying to keep the peace. Um, this shouldn't be that complicated, man. I I think at the end of the day, um, and if you look at from an outsider's perspective, looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, if i was if i told what the story to some non wrestling fans um they they would think this is pretty childish they'd be like this is this is some dumb mm-hmm. wrestling shit you know um it's like it's just if i just if I just present the story as it is to them, it just just
2: can't bite somebody at the nine to five. Chris, (laughs) you just can't bite a motherfucker at the regular job.
4: Yeah. That was, that was a little nuts too, (laughs) but I mean, it's, it's wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, whatever. And I still, and, and there's still like a bunch of like, a lot of this, Stuff that we've heard is a lot of conjecture and nobody confirming mm-hmm. anything, you know, like we get Meltzer confirming something and Keller confirming something. But it really would be nice to hear from the the people involved in the situation.
2: I mean, real talk, though, no, Chris, you ain't gonna hear nothing about this until like season seven of Dark Side of the Ring. Right. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna get a dope recreation scene, though.
5: And that's what's upsetting. I mean, we live through a world where, you know, Matt Hardy, Edge, and Lito ended up working together after what happened with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, I I don't, like, every time Tony Khan, he can't speak about it. That's the main issue, right? He can't speak about it, but he doesn't speak about why he can't speak about it. And now we're all, like, in this abyss just lost about everything. And it's like, I don't know what he can do or what he can say, but he is the only man that has that position to actually put them all in the room and right. make them work, not force them to work together, but they're like, come on at the end of the day, how much money are we leaving on the table here? And it's like, I feel like maybe he did. I don't know. Cause we don't know. Right. He won't tell us. So maybe he attempted it. And then one side just wasn't with it. The other side was with it. But like somebody said, Matt, you know, Brett and Sean ended up working together. So it's like, are yeah. we going to eventually get this in five years when nobody really cares? That's going to be like my main concern. It's like, you have to do it now while the iron's hot. Right. You can't wait too long. Like, there's contracts coming up soon, right? Who knows? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. next thing you know, the Bucks are going to jump over to WWE, and then there goes that, right? So it, it's tough, but you have to try your best. And there is a little inkling with him with that counterfeit Bucks line. I'm just – maybe there is a hope of them secretly doing something, but you have to let the world know. You can't be dragging us along week after week after week because people are just going to get tired of it and just change the channel.
2: Yeah, it, it, you know, there's, there's a, something to be said for a slow burn, but you got to give people – breadcrumbs and I think like right now they're not running the risk of turning <sighs> people off because it's it's the hot thing right it's like oh he's back the drama the drama and so I think you know they can kind of let it simmer for a while but eventually you are going to need to start dropping those breadcrumbs and let's stay on that tracks you know and let's expand because collision is like not the only big thing going on with AEW right now like they've got so much going on you know whether you're talking about uh, Forbidden Door, whether you're talking about, you know, uh, these other shows that we've got to start promoting and start building to. Uh, so I would say, just for me personally, while I've enjoyed A.W. like the past year or so, it feels like I've just kinda, it's just kind of become, you know, something comfortable. And now it feels like, OK, OK, stuff is starting to happen now. Not only do we have punk back, we got this new show now, we've got right. like three nights that AEW is on TV. It's still way, like, way too much TV because people ain't got time like that no more. You know, we ain't in the pandemic no more, brother. Mm. Uh, but, but I feel like there's a lot of forward momentum. So, what, what are you most looking forward to besides Collision every week, man? Like, in terms of AEW, what, what, what's on your uh, uh, agenda?
5: Yeah, I mean, they have this Owen Hart tournament, and now they have mm. a lot of people in the company <sighs> that weren't there last year that have more of a connection to him, like a Jeff Jarrett, like a Jeff Hardy, that you can definitely do more with that. And then you have all-in, right? You have this, this one of the biggest shows ever in Wembley. Um, I still don't know how I'm going to watch it, because they haven't said how I could watch it. I'm not flying to London. I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't. But that's <laughs> coming up. And then the week after that, you have All Out, which I think is going to be back in Chicago. So you have all these shows coming out back-to-back, plus this entire run they're going to have in Canada the next couple of weeks, plus the new Collision show, plus you got all these faces showing back. We still haven't seen Thunder Rosa. I'm sure she's probably on her way back. So it, it's definitely very exciting, and and they definitely needed this, because there was, like, the beginning of the year where AEW was kind of, like, how and a little bit of a slump. And at the same time, WWE was getting a lot of momentum. You had Cody. You had the Bloodline storyline. You had a lot going on to the point where AW wasn't like the sudden choice Like it was before When people didn't want Anything to do with WWE Now it's like Alright I don't have to watch AEW If mm. nothing's really happening And my, my favorite wrestler Is not on Saturday nights Or whatever I can watch SummerSlam Or whatever the case is So they definitely Are in the right direction And they need this I think this is the perfect time For them to To start like revving it back up And like you said Going to all these big shows With Forbidden Door And All In and All Out Um, Is definitely the right time To do this And bringing in these faces Like Miro and Andrade Definitely yeah. helps out Because we haven't seen These guys in almost a year
2: mm-hmm. Yeah I think that's the one thing, Chris, you know, because some people could say three shows is a bit much, you know, but they do have the roster for it. Like, the roster is so jam-packed that to try to contain all of these people and give everybody their fair share of time on Dynamite and Rampage, like, it just wasn't going to work. So now that we've got another show, and, uh, you know, as we kind of joked about off the top, a show kind of for the, the uh, wayward youth of uh, AEW, <laughs> I think it's a good thing, Chris. Yeah, I think so too. I think
4: that, like, as, as long as the content that you're putting out is good and compelling, mm-hmm. you're not going to have to worry about people watching it. You know, people will find it, people will find you. Um, if you can make an appointment television, um, then uh, all the better. You know, um, like right now, these first few shows I'm going to be watching um at home you know i'm going to listen to uh john and kate when when they do their reviews um if i'm if i'm home or at the very least the next morning i think that um AEW is in a very um good position right now um just optically with with the shows that they're doing and i mm. think they just kind of need to ride this momentum i think the punk stuff um I, I, it not like I think what happens with um, us as wrestling fans, we get too in the woods on whose fault it is and whose fault it isn't and, and stuff like that. Stuff that really doesn't have a lot to do with us. Right. Um, stuff that's like, we're just, we're just, at the end of the day, we're just outsiders looking in. Um, and um, it's really up to, the, the management at AEW to fix this and make sure that nobody is hurting uh, anyone else in the ring, nobody saying stuff, the, the personal attacks and all that stuff, you know, make sure all that stuff is on the up and up, you know? Mm. Um, and I, I do trust TK to be able to do that um, to, a, and, and, and to a certain extent. Like I, I look at the, I look at the media scrum last year and I could just chop that up to bad, a bad day and bad moods from a lot of different people. Mm. You know, I I don't really need to, I'm not going to hold that against CM Punk forever. I'm not going to hold it against the bucks forever. Um, CM Punk, he said he made his apologies. Nobody came out and said he didn't make his apology to to, uh, TK. I, I believe that. So I mean, what else is there for us to do as fans? If you, if you don't like it, then the option mm. is to not watch
2: it. You know, Chris, you, you keep saying that word, man. You know, it's you keep saying, you know, the, it's it's about the fans, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. about how the fans react. It's about how the fans mm-hmm. respond. You keep saying that word fans. And as anybody that's oh, yeah. watched this NWA podcast or listened to the NWA podcast, <laughs> they know that there's one brother who's kind of like the candy man. Mm-hmm. If you say his name three times he shall appear. So it is with great uh, pleasure and, uh, you know, with, with great uh, respect we bring on a friend of the program, a voice who should be uh, very familiar to all of the uh, postmarks watching and listening. Uh, he's hopping that forbidden fence coming over from the post once again, uh, from the post, from the torch. I mean, he, let's see if I can spin this into a way that makes it seem like I meant to say from the post. It's like he's in the low post, Chris, you know, cause you, you gotta have a center to build your team around and rich fan is somebody you could throw the ball to in the low post and he's always going to score. Cause this brother don't miss ladies and gentlemen, I give to you from the torch. The one and only rich fan. Rich fan getting that sting interest. There he goes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the lights had to go down. Snow had to fall. And now rich fan. It's fan. <laughs> What's good, brother?
1: Not much. Not much. First, thank you for that introduction. I would say if I'm in the low post being 5'9", I got sharp elbows, but I I ain't going to be able to do much more for you. Uh, It's been a pleasure. I will say to borrow my buddy Phil's commentary, I don't chase fans. I am a fan, and so (laughs) it's a pleasure to be working with y'all and looking forward to chatting tonight.
2: Well, well, since you brought him up, Rich, let's stay real quick, because we just talked with John Sino, who is the new host of uh, Collision Course, alongside Kate from Montreal here at Post Wrestling, and they did a great review of Collision, the first episode last night. Uh, But let's let's get your thoughts really quickly before we shift gears, because this was a show built all around that muffin man, Phil Brooks, Rich. So uh, what were your thoughts on the promo, on the show, on the ESPN interview, if you still have thoughts to give about that? Like, what are your thoughts about the last you know kind of week for phil brooks
1: sure uh i'll start with the interview i thought the interview was pretty straightforward and much like anybody at work it's clear he don't like hangman hangman don't like him they don't need to be in each other's secret like snowflake or whatever you Mm want to call the holiday party like don't get let them give gifts because it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward uh in terms of the show i heard you guys as i was driving home from uh my father, my grandfather-in-law, so we just say my, my grandfather house. Papa Gilmore, happy Father's Day, 93 years, young, and thanks for the postmarks and from those of y'all that, like, sent in a birthday card for him a couple of months ago. He really appreciated that. Um,
2: shout, out to, shout out to Papa.
1: Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. I told him what I was doing. He's like, oh, have fun with them brothers, Rich. Um <laughs> And so he's Papa Gilmore. If my wife heard it, that is the, that's one of the few people I can imitate, and I feel confident in doing it. Mm. Uh, when it comes to Phil, when it comes to CM Punk, when it comes to everything that happened on uh, Illusion, I, I heard you guys talk. I listened to Kate and Sino uh, last night slash this morning when I got up. And I think if you compare what he did when he was going towards dealing with the Straight Edge Society, a lot of those mannerisms, I think people on Twitter picked it up, were very much mirrored. And in WWE, it was a big bonk on the head. If you don't drink, you're a heel. And you're you know, just scumbag, you know, straight-edge, hippie, teaching people what to do. Uh, in his case now, I think, like you guys said, he's going to be whatever he needs to be at the show he's at. And I like the fact that he said he is who he is. And I'm not too disturbed whether or not they go or not with the Bucks or it seems like breaking down the foursome. Him and Hangman, nah. Yeah. Uh, him and Renee, still cool, but that's a man you're talking about, so you got to put respect on his name. When you talk mm-hmm. about the Bucks, it's on site. And then I think him and Omega nod, and he realizes Omega has to kind of like bow up, be cool with the Bucks and, and mm-hmm. Hangman, mm-hmm. but they can, you know, him and Larry, like Larry will even nod it. Omega, and then just, you know, they cool. <laughs> That's how I would power rank them. And I thought the show was good. I thought the show was a yeah. little different from AEW's regular fare mm-hmm. without it not deviating from, as you said, the three, four-star stuff. Uh, I loved the way that they introduced Miro and the salute. Like, I thought it was Mother's Day, the way that uh, my man Andrade and Buddy were mm-hmm. out here trying to do a salute to their ladies in the middle yep. of the match. Like, who can be the most, like, wife guy between the two of them? And Andrade won. So I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. You guys are going to be in, uh, or at least I know Sino is, he's going to be there to see it and kind of give that report. But for me personally, going forward, whatever happens on Saturday, I think the most important thing, and I want to give Bucks credit for this, is you're making money and you're making time for people who need it. Mm. removing their issues on the plate. We needed to see more of Miro. We needed to see more of Andrade. We needed to see if Tony's paying the money for these people, you got to do that. And then as I mentioned to somebody on Twitter, if you're in that group that feels like, uh, well, he crossed the line with some of the stuff he said, he's on a show, as you mentioned, Nate, that's in-school suspension. (laughs) But the principal made a special in-school suspension, so it ain't going to be on his record. Right. It's mm-hmm. like the gifted program, but it's like, but is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, go ahead, Chris.
4: No, the the, the thing about in school suspension is it, it, at least in the places where I lived, is it doesn't go on your record. Uh, right. That's why <laughs> you, you you rather in school suspension than out of school suspension.
2: Yeah. Like, but it looks like it's like, like it TK's into Big Brother program, yeah. like Big Brothers, Big Sisters for these wayward teens, Rich.
1: Right, right. Like, he's like, he's like, uh, Scott's Tots. This is Khan's, <laughs> Khan's bonds. Like he's bonded with these kids. He's trying to bond with these kids. How do I reach these kids? Like yes. that is where Tony is with these kids. And he got the lead dude and he's like, I don't know, Mr. Khan. I don't think I'm going to graduate. And he's like, you're going to graduate, Phil. you will going graduate.
3: <laughs>
1: and meanwhile, I'm the kids home. who are over, <laughs> the kids Hope. from the other side of town <laughs> driving in like, you you still cool with that dude? That dude slashed my tire. Well, you got a Beamer, Bob. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You'll get a new one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I just think when he said I, I the way I cackled last night when he said the only thing I can apologize if you're seeking an apology you're softer than the dudes you you support. Yeah, I could only think of the people who wrote to me and my main man W H who I'll be with for MCU later this mm. this summer for MCU's uh. Secret Invasion. Yes. Uh, I can think of the folks who tweeted out Canada as a country are rebelling against CM Punk and they're not showing up because he denied them the access to the elite when they first came through Canada. (laughs) Like, (laughs) as a Canadian, WH did not stand for that. And Mm. and I think that's one of the bigger issues they got to work through. And I want to give the Bucks, like I said before, the credit they deserve for that. Cause they sold it. They're like, Hey, back in the day, this would have been a t-shirt mm-hmm. like kind of fit bucks would have been a t-shirt and now hour on pro wrestling tees. And then also, Hey, watch stuff on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, the pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like end of the day, you're giving people money. You're making money. you everybody should be able to eat. If you <clears throat> don't want to wrestle each other, God bless. Uh, my only concern with this is as we get to the end of the year, if the bucks, and Kenny, or more so the Bucks, if anything, don't want to play ball and they want to let their contract run out, go to WWE. I don't see that as a negative. I see that as just like mm-hmm. when Cody left the position of timing and what you want to do. And honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. if I'm being real, I know there are going to be some folks, I'm sorry, postmarks that will be upset. think it might be better if they do leave so that way there are no more evps Mm, and tony can just be the boss because i think that's the biggest issue you can't have a a, a uh in-school suspension for a fight like that fateful fight between ac slater and zach morris in uh uh saved by the bell when Mm -hmm. ac is also a student teacher because that means zach going to jail
2: yep (laughs) Right,
1: (laughs) and that's the issue we got going the dynamic of like people were saying like over on the torch uh, we have folks who wrote in or said things like, "Hey, man, it'd be good if like Dustin Rhodes or someone like Billy Gunn could pull him to the center." You can't pull aside your boss, right? And be like, "Look, bro, you shouldn't be beefing with the dude on the fry later." Because that's yeah. no disrespect to Punk. He's still the dude on the fry later. He might be cool with the manager, but mm-hmm. you're the assistant manager,
4: right? Yeah, and I, and that and that was my. We said this on the show a couple weeks ago. We were like, look. You guys are the EVP, so you don't get you don't get to choose who you are gonna like deal with or not deal with as as EVP as management. It is your job to deal with people that aren't management, whether you like them or not. And this is, in in my opinion, this is a good lesson for the EVPs to learn. You know, it's like, hey, this is this is this is what being a manager entails and if you don't like that position i think it's it's it might be best for you to go to um uh WWE you know mm. and I, I don't think anybody ever is hurt by a fresh coat of paint um like yeah. i think that Randy Orton in WWE he means nothing to me at the moment but if he went to AEW um I might be more interested in them. Like the bucks don't really mean that much to me right now in AEW, but in mm-hmm.
2: WWE, maybe the interest level goes up, you know? And and here's the thing, you know, you talk about interest level, you talk about WWE, Chris, one of the reasons I love having Rich fan on besides okay. the fact that we always have good conversations, John Ceno is rich knows. again, you know, he's, he's the center. He's in the post. But he's like that Nikola Jokic, man. He like the Joker. He knows how to set up, he knows how to get at assists. Because when you talk about the EVPs, one of the things I always kind of bring it back to, uh, part in part because I'm in the tank for this particular brother, but also because I think it's a fact, Rich, uh, is that when Cody left, I think that there was a bit of a vacuum that was caused. Because, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about Cody in ring or Cody as a character, but I think in that group of EVPs, Cody was the adult, right? Cody yes, was the person was. who had done management type stuff. Whereas, you know, no shade on Kenny or the Bucks, but like it's like your first time gig and you to manage it. Like you have no experience, you know, you're a great wrestler. You're a great, you know, at promoting yourself, but you ain't been the boss before in a way that I feel like Cody was a bit more mature, a bit more of an adult. Right. And so when Cody leaves that dynamic shifts, um, and so this is all just a big lead-up, Rich, to get to talk about Devontae. Uh, because I'm sure we'll hit some more AW topics as, as uh, the show goes on. But I did want to get Rich's opinion on this. Because I want to say the last time we talked to Rich might have been right after WrestleMania. I yeah. Think it was either, Yeah, right, right after WrestleMania. And we saw what happened with this man, Cody Devontae Rhodes. Chris, laying in the middle of the ring, didn't finish the story, got a rubber chicken laying next to him brother was brother was in the mud and now the story has continued we we went on this side trip with Brock Lesnar and now it appears that in the middle of the side trip with Brock Lesnar we're taking a side trip with uh con Dom here rich fan and and so we talked about it in the immediate aftermath of mania I didn't like the decision I thought there was a way like if you wanted Roman to have this thousand day reign whatever whatever you could have done it in a way where Cody still wins the WWE belt Roman retains the universal belt, like however you want to get to that. I think you could have told that story, but still giving Cody his moment because it feels like this detour that we're taking the hard times, if you will, rich that they're putting upon him. It's making the Cody character less interesting to me. Like, and it's no, it's nothing he's doing right. I think Cody is doing the best with what they're giving him, but I'm not interested. And if I'm not interested, the guy that you know, spent uh, 20 bucks on a nefarious mean site to get a Cody Rhodes Master P shirt, if I'm not interested in this man, Rich, then they're doing something wrong.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still interested. I do think XCon Dom leads to some fun opportunities because mm. of Cody's relationship with being a generational <laughs> wrestler and yeah. kind of them having that similar relationship. And I think Cody can bring a little bit more out of Dom in terms mm. of The snideliness, like him slapping Cody in the face and then jumping behind Mommy Mm -hmm. is some great ace. Like, I need that in my veins. Like, the level of cowardice that Dominic Mm -hmm. is showing and just completely removed from his dad now is hilarious. Uh, The one thing they do need to do, though, is once the Civil War is done between the Usos and the Bloodline, we got to get that story finished. Yeah. Because the fall of the house of Roman should lead to the rise of Rhodes. And, I mean, you know, we were just talking about AEW. If we get to the end of the summer and Cody Devontae Rhodes is leading us as, you know, much like Martin on that fateful day. Mm. Cody's dream gets realized and he gets to raise it up and talk about, you know, black, white, Asian, Latino, you know, everybody united. And he's got his new Cody verse uh, title where it's just oh.
2: all the flags. When that day,
1: yeah, when that day comes. <laughs> It, it will be a glorious one. But until then, I don't mind the DVA because I think between Brock and Dom, you're giving him fun, I'm a main event, or things that WWE would do with a top guy. We're seeing literally right. the same thing happen on the same show with Seth and in, in the same in the same stable, yeah. with Seth and Ballard.
2: That's a good point. Sino, uh, uh, what, what do you think about what, what's, what's been going on with this man, Cody Devontae Rhodes, since WrestleMania?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed he didn't win. I thought it was a perfect opportunity, but after it was said and done, and you know, I kind of sat on it, slept on it for a little bit. I'm like, okay, if the plan is to wait till the following year, WrestleMania in Philadelphia, they definitely better have some some good things planned <laughs> for him. And they got Brock Lesnar, they got Dominic Mysterio. I think there's plenty they they can do to keep him occupied till then. We we mentioned uh, the Bucks and, and Omega. Who knows when their contract is up? Maybe it coincides with him having a few with them before wrestlemania happens send them down to nxt bring back the the dusty classic tournament have them try to find a tag team partner and win the tournament for his dad after he raises the trophy he's like dad i did it for you but what's next finish the story right there's plenty you could do as long as it's outlined correctly um until wrestlemania you just got to keep people interested you got to keep it in the back of their minds you have money in the bank right whoever wins money in the bank maybe have cody eye him and be like hey I could use that right now. So mm. there's different things you could definitely do, but um, you just have to keep people intrigued the entire time. And I think they're still keeping people intrigued with the bloodline. People were, like, kind of, like, down on that for a little bit, but now people yeah. are kind of getting back into it. Now Jimmy and Jay had a little beef, and now they're going to have a tag team match. So there's definitely a lot you could do. Um, And maybe that's what it's going to take for for Roman to finally lose. Is he's going to have nobody. Solo's going to leave him. Heyman's going to leave him to the point where now Cody's like, aha, you know, now I can smell the blood. Like, now, now <laughs> it's time for me to finally – get the title that, that I always wanted. Mm.
0: This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister, And putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
2: Chris, as somebody who recently completed some long-term booking, uh, when, when you jumped the broom, brother. Like, that's a story that's been building for a long time. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what do you feel about the latest chapter in Cody's story, man.
4: Okay. I'm going to try to say this in a way that's not going to get, <laughs> get the uh, NWA faithful that mad at me. Cody Rhodes is starting
2: to get on my goddamn nerves a little bit. Whoa, 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 Chris, whoa, uh, wait wait a minute, brother. A little Easy. bit. A little bit.
4: <laughs> um, I, he's, he's, he needs some new shtick, man. Um, <laughs> <and> he's <clears throat> every week coming out there with the, so, what do you want to talk? It's it's getting
2: late. Wow, it, it is starting. I don't think the fans. Chris, Chris hold on, hold on, on Chris, hold on, yet. Chris. We, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish, Chris. I'm gonna let you finish, but I need to have a sidebar with, with Rich Fan while everybody's on the screen. Rich, I can't believe he doing Devontae like this uh, mm-hmm. the day before Juneteenth. It, it it ain't right. Father's
1: Day and the day before Juneteenth. Father's Day with yeah. Liberty. Liberty hearing her dag is slandered like this on. The, the, the apex of days of days
4: mm. i i hate doing it i really do but um, i have to call it like i see it man mm. and and this is this is starting to the, i could see uh, i this is a kind of a warning cuz i'm just i can see this going left um pretty fast what is, what's uh steve sell it,
2: saying oh, or... the good brother steve willie checking in <laughs> chris <laughs> working on your opening statement for your next dissertation
4: yeah yeah no, I, I'm just saying I think that Cody is now they're getting into territory he, fortunately for him this is like the Cena stuff right because right after cena's um feud with um uh who was it um jbl um he he entered in a feud or um He entered in a feud with um, another hated guy, right? And I think putting Cody in a feud with Dominique, I don't think anybody's going to boo Cody against Dominique. But I think if you put Cody in a feud with somebody like uh, um, Damian Priest or Mm. put him in a feud with with Gunther... I could see the fans turning. Or if you Cody. put him
2: with Balor. Like I think like, not, not not Balor, um uh Seth. Like I think if you put Seth. him in there with Seth right now, Rich, that might be a 50-50 crowd.
4: Yeah, and I think that's mm-hmm. I think this is exactly the opposite direction that they should be trying to go in with Cody. I think they need to maintain as much fan support for him as possible so he can finish the story. You know, I think some of the the more goofier aspects of stuff. Like, cause this is what happened to him in AEW. He started off fine in mm-hmm. AEW and then um, he just, he got a little too creative for his own good. <laughs> and um, the fans started like to reject some of that. And I mm-hmm. and I, I can see this happening with um, him in, in WWE if he's not careful. I'm not, this isn't me wanting this to happen. Mm-hmm. This is just, the, the the trajectory of how I see this going
2: Rich, uh, Chris's slander side and and, and, uh, uh, and and again, I'm glad that you brought it up Father's Day, Juneteenth, like this is what we're doing to this man, Cody Rhodes out here Chris mm-hmm. uh, but, but Rich, I think that my biggest fear when Cody came in was, we knew initially he was going to get that great reaction mm-hmm. how sustainable would it be within the framework of the WWE and to my surprise, like, Cody's still hot. Uh, I think, though, my 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 worry that's starting to creep in a little bit now um, is the longer we prolong this, like, is this going to be something where we do it up to SummerSlam? Is this going to be something that takes us till next year's WrestleMania? Like, I, I don't know. I don't have faith in the Bookers, is I guess what I'm saying, Rich. Like, I got faith in Cody. Like, I think Cody can do well with the material he's given. The question is, do you feel like this is something where we can sustain this story over an extended period of time, even if it has to, um, you know, conclude at next year's Mania?
1: I didn't even think about next year's Mania because I assumed, especially with everything going on money-wise, Rock would want to kind of trip over himself to get in there (laughs) and kind of make things, especially before either his next Hobbs and Shaw or -hmm. whatever he's doing with the Fast Universe to kind of, Get back in the in the good book, so to speak. He hop back over there quick. Yeah, and and just like a good pro wrestling feud, we didn't hear about it, and then we get that stinger, and ba boom, like we we back mm-hmm. or we're as back as he's going to allow himself to be. Uh, when it comes to Cody, think about the adage that terrified me when I first started doing shows over at the Torch, where you know wherever you are right now, you're someone's least favorite podcaster,
3: <laughs> and they're
1: right. just like, I'm um, turning it off instantly. Yep. I think they have to be accept that. Going forward in modern wrestling, there's always going to be a faction, regardless of company, that your top guy is not going to be liked. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, like like you all mentioned, like at the lowest would say Punk, it could be like 20-30%. Cheers. I think it's not going to get lower than 50? Maybe mm-hmm. 45 for Cody? But if they're cool with him being who he is, they're going to be fine because the engine will get behind them and inertia will take over. We saw that with Cena. We see it with Roman yep. Roman's evolution into the bloodline. Roman, like as much as we love him as the toxic boyfriend from you as a pro wrestler, <laughs> when he has that baby face term before he rides off into the sunset,
2: that's going to yeah. be even more glorious for him. Yep. Everybody's so going to love him except for Jermaine.
1: Right. I mean, listen, I love you. Jermaine. But he and I tried to have a heart to heart about Flash this weekend.
2: Uh-oh. And
1: he thinks there are forces outside of the universe's control that are conspiring against DC.
3: <laughs> right.
1: And I, I told him it's like it's like he's like, there's Marvel folks, like y'all marvel folks. He's like he, he's like, you watch anything. Cause I did, I watched Flash. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's just like I said with AEW, and just like if Cody, if there's a bunch of people that say I'm not going to this house show because Cody Rose is champion. You're biting your nose to spite your face. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? If 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 you want to do the stuff like, remember, they did it with Cena where folks would be silly enough to sit in the front row and start reading books. Mm-hmm. If that's you, you just paid 200 bucks to do that, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Like, you played yourself. Yep. And so for Cody, if he stays on track, if he does the silly, corny, baby face, top face things, he'll be fine because you have room for that now. You have the anti heroes. You have. Kevin Owens is who are the super meta people. You have the Mizes who are now, you know, as I mentioned to Wade this week, he is the same age and same longevity as the vets who kicked him out and threw him in the bathroom. He's now that old head that's in the room and you can have those guys. And so it's fine, but they just have to make sure when they're telling the story, they avoided the first mistake. They didn't give him the new belt, right? Yeah. They uh, have him in this match. There's no guarantee he doesn't either jump into the Money in the Bank or beat the belt. I'm um, sorry, the briefcase holder at some point, and he can call his shot beforehand. I don't think they'll go all the way to Mania, in my opinion. Even though having Liberty ring the Liberty Bell after winning the title would be what I would book. Oh, that's perfect. But she'd be old enough to do it, and she would have one of those little like, like baby Sapphire like USA outfits <laughs> like a jumper. And then it's a whole. I got a whole fucking in my head right now for this right. wonderful thing. But end of the day, for Cody, just keep him being this. Let him have these matches, but make sure you never define him down into this is a placeholder. Because the second you do that, mm-hmm. all that goodwill you put in him is getting flushed.
2: Yep. Yeah, and I think uh, you know we we need to take a pause for the cause really good comment in here and I'm I'm going to bring Chris back on screen in a second. I know I got it focused on this good brother Rich fan, but let's let's go back to Chris cuz Chris, you know, there's a lot of love right now in the comments for Chris, you know, everybody's happy uh you know, at the news of your nuptials and at the news of you with the, with the uh, you know, walking the stage, Chris. You know, everybody's happy for you, Chris. Mm-hmm. But, but 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 you know, you're not above criticism, sir. Right, right. You're not above reproach, repro- repro- Chris. <laughs> and I feel like uh, Brother Raphael speaks for all of us, man. This Devonte slander is blasphemous, Chris. Right? Uh, you know, you know better than this, Chris. Come on, Chris.
4: Look, man. I, I'm not. I, I have to call things the way they come off to me. You know. <laughs> Um, and that's just how it is. And I, I like Cody, and I want Cody to win.
2: Come on, Chris, you, you the same man. Last time we, we did the Kings of Sport. Mm-hmm. That, that was not giving up on these Lakers, even though they were down three zero and and ready, already packed for Cancun. You didn't give up on LeBron mm. and them. No, you no, not give up on that. Cody. I actually did give up on the Lakers <laughs> before that. Look, I'm I'm
4: realistic on these streets, man. Um and uh like like the Cody the Cody thing, I really do want him to feel like a fresh character. Mm. But um I could I look I'd be lying if I said that I don't see this going the route of if Lex Luger, I could see this mm. going that way. I could see mm. them like you, 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 you can only dangle a carrot up in front of a, a carrot for so long before you know people get tired of somebody. You know that's what happened with um with Luger. Um, Cody Rhodes is uh more uh, is way more compelling of a, a character than Lex Luger, but you uh, there's got to come a time where he he wins one of those belt I don't even care which belt it is at this point I, I I don't know what's going on with any of them um I know I don't like the the uh, the new one I, I think it's ugly but hell win one of them man um and I don't even and I said on this show um a while ago mm-hmm. and I think you might remember this now. I said I wouldn't be surprised if they went with the universal title lineage instead of the world title lineage. Mm. I don't know if they made a decision on that front yet, but um, it sounds like they might be going with the universal title lineage, you know, but he, just give him one of those belts um, <laughs> and um, like <clears throat> tell new different stories. You know, I think he's we're at the point now where um, if you watch the old, um, batman movies or the avengers movies there's always a a different you the 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 villains have to level up Mm -hmm. because if you're not wrestling if you're not wrestling anybody new what happens is um this is a trope in fiction uh what they call villain decay where Mm -hmm. you you, the, the guy all of a sudden the new baddie comes along and is like Worse than the old one, you know, like, um, like you go, you level up like Mortal Kombat, you got Shang Tsung, mm. and then the second one is Shao Kahn, and then it's, you know, it's the, the, the villains have to get tougher and stuff like that. And, uh, Cody Rhodes just right now, it just doesn't seem like he's leveled up. If anything, mm. it seems like he's kind of stayed stagnant. Um, I, I don't mind him feuding with ex condom. That's a downgrade. Um, <laughs> it just is. It's 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 not you were tr- you were feuding with the tribal chief, and now you're on a detour, mm-hmm. you know, feuding with um, you know, someone that if he was in the ring with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns would beat him in, like, <laughs> two seconds, you
1: know? Oh, um, see, Chris, this is where your villain decay is a perfect analogy, because I don't want to ever bring this man up on Father's Day, e- but I have to. This is the Cell Games from Dragon Ball Z. E- oh, During yeah, the yeah. Cell Games early on, they were fighting Smokes, <laughs> And then right. they built up, and all of a sudden, Cell's like, <laughs> you know, <And laughs> just like, yeah, like, like for right now, you know, without being racist, Cody doesn't have a Frieza. Free they call it a monkey and whatnot. Like he don't have uh, Majin Buu. He doesn't have a, but he can have a cell games. He can have a little messing around with these fools and work his way up to the top till he finally gets the final spoon cell. So, but you do have to, you know, you, you have to, Mister Popo again. <laughs> like History Month, I ain't bringing up no Mister Popo, but uh, yeah, right you, now, mm,
4: mm. most racist. Cartoon character.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's and that's like, a... his lips that big. Like, even as a kid, I'm like, how is like y'all? Y'all know like that's like literally other than Piccolo, the only black dude on this show, right? Mm-hmm. And you made this man like like like. Even my dad walked in like it was one of those things. Where, like,
3: yeah, my head, mom, mom did that head. too. <laughs> my
4: mom was like, "What the hell are y'all watching in here with the Mister?" Yo, Pico? that's
2: that's a great like Elseworlds <laughs> podcast episode we need to do one time. Like the most racist cartoon characters ever like mm. mammy from tom and jerry <laughs> uh, mammy yeah. two shoes mammy yeah. two shoes yeah michigan J frog was kind of racist
1: uh leghorn
2: foghorn leghorn yeah yeah you know who
1: he was with in the confederate yeah he was confederate through and through i say i say
2: <laughs> all those world war ii cartoons that disney and warner brothers want us to forget about Mm. Yeah, like that. So,
4: was one of my work colleagues said, "Why does the Kool Aid Man sound like
2: Louis Armstrong?" You know, <laughs> like <sighs> Hong Kong Fui. I don't was Hong Kong Fui racist. I, I kind of yeah, like, yeah, l- a little bit. I mean, just say little, the name enough, and I
1: it's mean, like that, and
4: enough. I mean,
1: that's enough.
4: I mean,
2: yeah, um, he was cool though.
4: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it uh, is Hong Kong Fui again.
2: to me, Rich, uh, and again, we'll get back to the wrestling here in a second. To me, Hong Kong Fui falls in the General Lee category where yeah, general yeah. lee is racist but yes. in the context of the dukes of hazard i used to love the general lee right now it, if it, i see it, if my neighbor pulls up with a general lee that's a warning sign that's a red flag but it, if Bo and luke have it on tv that's fine rich fan
4: I, I had this conversation with one of my aunts about the general lee and the dukes of hazard the dukes of hazard hated the police
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: they, yep. they they were beefing with the cops.
2: Yep, Roscoe P. Coltrane.
4: <laughs> Somewhere along the lines, even Smokey and the Bandit and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, uh, <laughs> these right wingers turned the cops into the good guys, but that's not how it's always been. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Eastbound and down, man. Yes, loading yeah. up and trucking. Just woo. <laughs> I would I, 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 listen to, to the point to your point. Nate and Chris, and I'm sorry, we've, we've, uh, I've, as always, derailed something. Uh, my dad had a CB radio for a couple of years when he was driving long distance, mm. he was commuting, and that was all we would, we would straight up, he's be like, We got any local smokies? Like, what we got going on? Here? Check and, and I thought about the, like, if I had somebody, if I had it, it would be in my garage, much like Kit from Night Rider, yes. waxing it every day. But if my neighbor came through, Put up a Trump twenty twenty four, and I was
3: like, mm. "Yeah,
1: mm. that's
2: That's why they can't make a remake these days. It'd be too polarizing."
1: They did. I mean, the movie I appreciated by the guys who did Broken Lizard because they had a scene where the General Lee got stuck in traffic in Atlanta, and they caught it from everybody. And he's like, "It's cultural. It's not hate." And they're just like. I know you
3: ain't driving to
2: Atlanta with this on your car, mother. Right? Like, oh. <sighs> oh, yes. Let's shout out to the Dukes of Hazard and that one specific use of the Confederate battle flag. It's a very narrow parameter uh, that that is allowed, Chris. Uh, but speaking of history, uh, let's let's talk about some recent history because one of the reasons I wanted to have Rich and Ceno on the show tonight is we are in June, so we're officially at the midway point of 2023. So I want to look back and let's, let's talk about some of the biggest stories of the first half of the year. I mean, obviously, the biggest story of the first half of the year, it's most likely going to be the biggest story of the year at the end of this uh, this year uh, is you know what happened with the WWE and uh, endeavor. Um, I think another big story I'm trying to think, the biggest story just off the top of my head. Uh, we've also got the WWE uh, merger we've got. Uh, the kind of upheaval—I don't mm-hmm. know if upheaval is the right word I want to use, Rich—but the kind of shifting landscape of TV with Warner Brothers and how it affects AEW. Like wow. I think that's a that's a big story that is still developing. Um, another story that that I think uh, I want to talk about. Uh, I know Chris will probably want to talk about uh, is the continued story of Trinity and Mercedes. Right. And their journey and their successes outside of that WWE structure. And so, um, let's let's go to Sino first. Sino, uh, what what would you say, just kind of off the top of your head, are some of the biggest stories of the year that that come to mind just looking back to January?
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously the um, the Endeavor purchase of WWE, but I feel like we're probably not going to see the repercussions of that for a while. It's going to be a while mm. before we actually see what's <sighs> going on. Um, I do like what you brought up with Mercedes and Trinity because it's really interesting, especially with them kind of choosing different paths with mm. Mercedes doing the, uh, the stardom, the new Japan route. And then Trinity, who's been pretty much killing it on impact. Like I've been a constant viewer of impact for a while now. And I think Trinity's just like brought in so much more spark to that knockouts division. I'm mm-hmm. loving yeah. all the matchups. She with Giselle Shaw and Deanna yeah. Um So that, I've, I've been loving what they're doing there. Um, but yeah, just like the, and, and, and like the, what if, right. When Mercedes, like they keep bringing her up. I know Kate brought it up, how they keep bringing up Kate, uh, bringing up Mercedes on AEW. So it's like, was she, Supposed to be in the forbidden door buildup I I feel like she was and I feel like she will be involved Once she's healthy and ready to go So that should be a real interesting thing Like That's going to be one of the the biggest stars That AEW has signed in a while It's somebody who has like outside of wrestling You know celebrity status It was like a a Sasha Banks Mercedes Monet So bringing her in and how they're going to be able to Utilize her like it can't just be a One-off right if you're going to bring Mercedes in you got to have Like a pretty big build behind Mm. her Her debut to AEW but, yeah, just love it. Like, Trinity, I know she's even, like, mentioned, like, doing things outside of Impact. I would love Trinity, you know, do some indies. Do a uh, – we have a House of Glory here in Queens. Do a House of Glory. Do a, a GCW. Why not? Just I, – I, people that have been brought in, in the WWE system that never did the indies are the most fascinating wrestlers in, in my eyes, like a Matt Cardona, somebody who just got right. brought up by WWE, and he just exploded on the indies. So, I just love seeing that, seeing exactly what they can do when they are not restricted in the WWE bubble.
2: Mm. And real quick shout out to the good brother, Ray Williams, who is now uh, down with the Kings of Sport, who uh, was sending some love to John Cena on the premiere, the maiden voyage of Collision Course with you and Kate. I'm looking forward to see how that show evolves. Rich Fan, um, what what's some of the things that kind of came to mind this year, Uh, whether it's stuff that you and Wade talked about or whether it's stuff that, you know, the audience has kind of been. Uh, bringing up to you, like, in, wh- wh- where's the pulse at right now? Like, uh, what, what are some of the big stories of the year so far, in your opinion, brother?
1: I, I think one of the bigger stories is, as you mentioned, uh, Sazloff and everything going on with Warner mm-hmm. and how that's tied in the collective ecosystem of television. So not just AEW, but even WWE, as they open up, this is the month, June is the month, where the, it's the end of the exclusive negotiating period for Fox and and mm. Universal, And so if they get a Disney, if they get, heaven forbid, a Warner that decides to hop in the sack, how does that affect AEW Mm -hmm. with the thoughts of, you know, as my man Jermaine was talking about, you know, one of the biggest issues I thought this weekend, not just with the Flash movie, but with the Flash as an existing entity is, they had banked on that to make good the canceled shows and the fired personnel they had most of this year. And it is going to do poorly. Right now with $55 million for the weekend, yeah. they, they are not gonna clear it. This is gonna be a net yeah. loss for them. And yeah, it's making, Agon, it's making less
5: face. than than Black Adam and yeah. the fan. really
4: and, bad. And the end David Zasloff and all those fools owe Dwayne Johnson an apology. <laughs> um yeah I, I will I will say that because they fucking they made him out to be the bad guy mm-hmm. in a situation where if I'm the Rock, it made perfect sense for him to make the decisions that he made. Like Zach Levi, I'm sorry, but <laughs> if, if if it was me making that movie, we talking Henry, about Chuck? Talking,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, Chuck.
4: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, it it would have been Henry Cavill with the cameo at the in the post credit scene because Henry Cavill was Superman mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill. Is the biggest star in that DC universe, so I didn't like all the the whole thing around this. Where oh Dwayne Johnson is being a diva and this and that, and his movie since the pandemic is the only one that's made any fucking money. So <laughs> they 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 I I do think that Dwayne Johnson is owed an apology. That's my
2: opinion. Well, to and to that point, Rich, before we swing it back to you, I feel like. The Rock made a power grab because there was a value, right? Right. You're looking at a DC, which is past the uh, Zack Snyder era, a DC where Walter Hamada's out the door, a DC that doesn't really have leadership. And Dwayne Johnson being Dwayne Johnson is like, there's an avenue here. Like if nobody wants to step up, I'm a dude that stepped up my whole life in wrestling, in movies, and in in the Young Rock, which was recently canceled, RIP. You know, I've stepped up and kind of, Lent my, my my name and my star power to these entities for better or for worse. And so when he signs up for I'm Black nuts. Adam, when he I'm signs like the up for the, the D.C. Super Pets. Right. Like he was all in hmm. on D.C. And then when you bring James Gunn in to me, the move would have been how do I find a way if I'm Gunn, How do I find a way to work with this guy in the context of my vision versus Nah, I'm good.
1: Yeah, the big mistake they made, and I love you all to chime in on this, was going into this movie, James Gunn did the mistake that a lot of times uh, Tony might do, where after every pay-per-view, he says mm. it's the best pay-per-view ever. Mm. Yep. And, and that's I mean, not a safe thing to do. When 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 Gunn came out and said this is the greatest super, superhero movie ever made is the too high? For, a, yeah. for a movie that he had nothing to do with, that really is not going to be involved in his universe outside of it being in Elseworlds. You're setting this up for failure. When you have a human such as Ezra and the things they were doing and they were mm-hmm. going through,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you, that would be like, just to give some folks an idea, because I know sometimes there seems to be a Disney bias. A, you know, why isn't Disney dealing with this? Disney is dealing with this. Curve. Yeah, they are. If you yep. see what's yep. going on right now yep. with Kang and with mm-hmm. Namor, we got mm-hmm. problems over yep. there. They got big problems. Or if you flip it and right before, after all the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard case stuff. You had a Pirates of the Caribbean movie coming out,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and you can't have him talk because it's in the middle of the case, and you're hearing about him accusing his ex-wife of snorting coke on the stand and all this other craziness. Yep. Like mm-hmm. the dude only showed up, Ezra Miller. I'm sorry, the the, the human only showed up, Ezra Miller, uh, for was it this last week's press junket, and they only showed up on the carpet and dipped. Yep. When you have mm-hmm. all that stuff going on. And that ties into the movies and that ties into your television mm-hmm. and the decisions you're making, which then make all these other uh, like butterfly effect things. What do you guys think? Do you think I'm going too far with it? Because for me, my concern is AEW, especially with the writer strike, is one of the key things Warner should be keeping track of. But as yeah. Tony's mentioned, and I have a buddy of mine, Joe, that does a lot of work with it uh, when it comes to uh, reality television. His question's always been. Is this some, because Tony said this is part of the deal that exists. This isn't a new deal. Is this something where Warner, he's doing Warner a favor, and it's a show of concept during this time with the with the, with the strike, but it's a net, you know, sure, it's giving everybody TV, but it's not giving them the money that you would with a brand new contract. Right, so right. why why is he, why is Tony taking the risk when Warner needs this more? And, yeah. and like, as Joe and I talk, as other folks talk, You know, why wouldn't you just give him, here's a two-year deal, here's something that kind of tied you over like they did during the pandemic that really saved, by Tony's own words, the company so he wasn't going to be losing as much. That's the issues I have with all of it with Flash and stuff. So it isn't like I'm hating on DC. It's the disorganization because you you change the freaking – like by now, for me, Forbidden Door and then uh, All Out – I'm sorry, All In – should be – on max yep
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. that should just be like just like when we used to watch it on the wwe network just yep, like when yep. we watch ple's on peacock it should just be a boop, fire up max I, yeah. I don't think they have the wherewithal technologically to be on that and i think that's one of the reasons Sony hasn't mentioned it as a pay-per-view yet because he's hoping or they're telling him hold up play hold up play hold up play they yeah. somehow hired my man yeah. just because he needs work I'm hearing that those WWE Legends checks aren't (laughs) as long as they used to be. (laughs) Right. So if we got to have a tag team match on Collision Player, I'm here for it. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Cena, what do you think about that, man? Because obviously, you know, all four of us are people that, you know, uh, watch and, 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 and cover, you know, both of these kind of worlds. When you're talking about kind of the mess at D.C. and to a larger extent Warner Brothers Discovery and then also how it affects the wrestling world when, when you're talking about the AEW property. Um, so what are your thoughts on what you <coughs> brought up, man? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of correlations between
5: wrestling and superhero movies. You know, you have how they treated the Vince Man compared to how they're treating Ezra Miller. And then Mm. a lot of controversy going into this movie. You had what happened to Ray Fisher, how they did my man with that. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so much, there's so much that happened with that. And Henry Cavill, you know, he's Superman. All of a sudden, James Gunn doesn't want him anymore. And that upset people as well. And then just like Rich said, that line, this is the best superhero movie ever. I went into this movie with that line, and I came out saying yeah. it's not the best superhero movie. It's not and it the wasn't best just good.
2: DC you had movie. No. Tom Cruise, uh, who was it, Stephen King? Like, right. why, like what, Stephen King, come on, come on, scary, man. Why, why are you out here caping up for this movie?
5: Yeah, and then, like, me as a fan of the Arrowverse, who's seen every episode of the flash mm. like yeah, that mm. even made it even more worse like going into this movie like what the hell is this like there was so much negativity going into this i didn't even bring my son honestly i was like listen let's watch that new pixar movie elemental and I know, I'll, right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll watch yeah. flash and i'll let you know how it is and yeah. he asked me today he's like how was flash and i'm like you don't you don't want to watch it trust me yeah, sometimes yeah.
4: you know what's best for the kids oh yeah <laughs> sometimes it's just yeah
5: but like that was my first comic coming out of it it's like not only was not is not the best superhero movie i've seen this year it wasn't even the best dc movie i've seen this year i i i i didn't like love black adam but i think that was better than this i think yeah. shazam was even better than that. I, mm-hmm. I i didn't hate this movie but the expectations were so high that i was nitpicking right. every single thing right that i saw in this movie and it made my overall experience not only that but i understand what what dc's doing with like every movie they've had this year they've like leaked or spoiled the big surprise if they somehow would have kept michael keaton a secret right i was having this argument with one of my friends he's like oh you have to do that you have to promote it it's like well it backfired right nobody went to go see this movie Mm -hmm, but mm if you left that suspense in there just like you left the suspense of no way home with the spider-man just like you left the suspense of cm punk he might show up throw something a little teaser but don't show batman don't show Mm -hmm. michael keaton without the cow don't show the batmobile save this stuff for the movie i literally went to this movie and i saw pretty much 80, 85% of Michael Keaton's scenes, scenes in the trailer. And I'm like, what, what part, did I see
2: this movie for? That part. Because I haven't seen the movie yet, guys, but I've listened to... Because here's the thing. Like, I am at the point where if it's something I'm really, really invested in, I'm going to avoid spoilers like I did for right. Wakanda Forever. But if it's something that I'm kind of interested in, I'll listen to people talk about it. And then going off of, you know, their opinion, if I trust their opinion, I'll decide whether to pay money for it now or watch it when it comes to streaming. And so the big marketing push, and again, trying to stay away from spoilers for this movie, at least for me, was this like this is the Flash movie, yeah, but it's about Flash and Batman and Supergirl and all these characters in this movie. And from what I heard, it was like, mm, like, like what you saw was kind of what you got, and it's like. Right. Yep. That's, that's yep. kind of the part of the movie I was most interested in, Rich. You know, both of us yep. kind of, uh, you know, Chris too, uh, mm-hmm. Sino still, you know, he, he got that Similek on his breath. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> all three of us remember Batman 89, man. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so that mm-hmm. was kind of the hook for me. And so mm-hmm. to hear that maybe it wasn't as much as I thought based on the commercials, I'm like, I, I'm good. I'll watch it on max.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and there was, like, I'm trying not to spoil, but I also want to talk about something that from a w- Warner Brothers like a, an actual, like, I know none of these corporations are people, but mm. I, I'd watched the the uh, if, you, if you I don't know if you guys have seen yet the Joan is awful episode of Black Mirror, uh, but I'd seen it before I saw Flash. Mm. And so one of the uh, cameos in the movie is a long dead person who has no heirs that they reprised the character for that ultimately led to their death. And I think I'm trying to be as vague as possible, but if you know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you'll, 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 you'll know who I'm talking If you know, you know. That disgusted me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, this person, we have movies that did a biography of the reason he died. And it was directly tied to playing that character and feeling like he couldn't do anything else as an actor. Mm-hmm. That was kind of, and 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 you know and then we get right back, you know, into the thing that we heard with every other Warner Brother movie. Movie comes out not doing so well, all of a sudden the whispers and in the interviews, you know, the director got a four hour cut that they wouldn't let out. Right.
4: Right. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just, it's just a constant issue with Warner brothers at the moment there. They're in a, a lot of disarray. I mean, the same thing happened with um with the Creed movie, right? Um, They had some very bad communication with Sly Stallone. He wasn't mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally saw Creed um, over the weekend, um, and I know people said, "Oh, Sly Stallone wasn't needed in the movie." Um, I don't necessarily, dis- I don't disagree with that, but I could see. I I watched that movie. Rocky would have added something to it. Yeah, I see where he, where Rocky would have fit into that movie. Is all I'm saying. You yeah. know. and it's like they got to start treating their actors better at that place because. Um, and I think what made of um, Black Adam so bad, if you want to call it that, because I didn't think it was a bad movie, but I think what I think Warner Brothers kind of like drew attention to the shortcomings of the movie and made it worse than it actually was. Um, mm-hmm. Stephanie Holland from the Root. If you if you have a chance to Google this, I might post this in my tw- Twitter feed. She wrote an article, um, in um March of uh, t- March of this year, where she she made where she made a very good case of, um the the um of just how DC, um and Warner Brothers just just completely used Dwayne Johnson as a scapegoat, um yes. for the for the failures of. Uh, that movie, and this, and, and and if it would be uh, it would be one thing if Dwayne Johnson was the first person that this happened to. They did it to, <laughs> they did it to Patty Jenkins. Mm. They did it to Ray Fisher.
3: Mm-hmm. They've
4: done it to uh, Sly Stallone. He's not DC, but Warner Brothers. Still, they this is, um, they did it to um,
1: Affleck uh, when he Affleck. was like, I didn't want to do the movies anymore, yeah. and is like, yeah. well, his life's falling apart. Let that man figure himself out. Yeah,
4: right. Yeah, they, 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 they they've got this weird way of um of blaming the actors for this and now you and now you expect people to be interested in the next DC movie when you can't even we we're not even sure what you're doing with these movies you know and they still haven't made a hard announcement of what uh Dwayne Johnson's future is with uh, uh, the the black Adam uh
1: DC
2: he ain't coming back Chris he ain't coming back
1: listen Chris well, I'm gonna be mean- honest <laughs> his announcement's gonna be the same way that Gunn's announcement was I'm in DC at some point Disney is gonna grab him and be like you're something mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm.
4: yeah exactly because that's that's I mean that's kind of what's going on right now too right with uh with um he's doing that Moana movie for
1: uh he's the- doing Moana Jungle Cruise 2 yeah. they're doing what they always do <sighs> with people they want to keep in the fold they're like here is three four five movies we yeah. believe in you. We don't need to worry about money. The money right. will show up. We need you to show up.
2: Yep. And then the thing is, Chris, Disney is smart, man, because not only are they keeping this relationship open with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <clears throat> but they are ensuring John Ceno that the Rocky Maivia picked the show has episodes on episodes on episodes whenever we get back to doing episodes. So stay tuned. Wow. We got black Adam. We got Moana coming up. We got jungle cruise too. Whenever we, whenever we bring that show back, but <laughs> let's get, let's get back to where we were. I, you know, I love that tangent. Cause I could talk about Warner brothers fumbling the bag. Cause again, like, and I know Jermaine's probably listening right now. Just hate just, he probably eating a sandwich, just eating a sandwich. The way Phil Brooks eats muffins, rich, just angry, angry, just a- angry at food. Like why Jermaine? Why? But, but, like I, and I want Blue Beetle to do good. Before we just, I yes, want Blue Beetle to do too. well. Right.
1: I, want, I I like like he mentioned, yes. Jermaine mentioned, this is a great opportunity for a Latino character to be yep. front and center and get that bag. I want it to do well. But yep. so they have to not show the entire movie in 45 second clip. They can't show, oh bop, 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 bop. Here is a key plot point,
5: mm-hmm. That changes the
1: dynamic of Blue Beetle and right. it's in a 30 second stinger. Yep. And, and that's the thing.
5: It, it backfires right they did it with um, shazam the, the wonder woman yeah. was literally the last scene of the movie <laughs> for shazam and they show it in the trailer like what are you doing at this point
2: yep. like <laughs> and that's the thing like to, to, to jermaine and people of jermaine's ilk uh you know like I, dc was my first love as as, as a comic reader because yeah, i mine like, too. like black lightning particularly like the black characters black lightning jumped off the page john stewart is still one of my favorite characters to this day. Like, And I hope whenever they figure that show out for Max, that it's a good show.
5: I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. That was like my comic growing up. So when that movie came out, I'm like, what the hell? But then there was rumblings of HBO Max and possibly doing like a buddy cop show. And I'm like, okay, now James Gunn is involved. They can have that Guardians flair to it. I'm just like crossing my fingers. Green Lantern, could that be like the saving grace? I I don't know. I I want
2: DC to do good, Jermaine, because not only because of those characters that I like, but also if DC does good, maybe that'll make Marvel do better because competition is always good for the industry. And right right now, like Marvel's still on top, but Marvel, I feel like Marvel been coasting a little bit, Rich fan. They need, they Mm. need some pressure on them. So, so if DC gets their act together, maybe we get better Marvel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to see the Marvels. Mm. I want to see how that does. I want, I want to see, you know, how the ladies get to kind of shine. And if that does well, that kind of puts a feather in young Kamala Khan's, uh, Cap, and you can do more stuff with her, uh, you know. And I remember Sino when when Sino was on uh, MCU later, and and the importance of like bringing these young women and bring these young characters of color into the forefront, because a lot of the what part of it's coasting, but then part of it's also experimenting, kind of like they did with the Little Mermaid, like yeah. trying to make folks realize when I see myself on screen, we make money because now everybody can come to the theater, mm-hmm. everybody can come and see You're a right. princess at the park.
5: Yeah, when, and... when we went to go see the trailers, like they showed the trailer for The Flash, my son wasn't interested in it, but when Blue Beetle came out, my son being half Latino, he's like, oh, this is like a kid who's mm-hmm. got powers. I want to see this instead. And I'm like, okay, we'll see Blue Beetle.
2: So <laughs> yeah, DC, get your act together. That's all we're saying. Because maybe DC, the other the other consequence or the other benefit of DC getting that act together is maybe Jermaine Jones will, will have a happier day because he ain't got to fret about these damn movies that keep letting him down time after time
5: after time. But what's going to happen, Jermaine, when they cast Roman Reigns as the next Aquaman? Ooh, Where, what are you going to do
1: then? What are you going to nah. do? <laughs> you going to do it. So it and it's in good times.
2: <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Uh, but let's bring it back to wrestling because that was a fun tangent. But much like Cody Rhodes, we need to finish the story, guys. Uh, so uh, getting back to our <coughs> biggest story. Chris, I don't think I went to you. Um, what were your biggest stories of the first half of 2023, brother?
4: Um, for me, it was, um, mainly, um, the, um, just the, the Cody Rhodes stuff, the WrestleMania that just, um, all WrestleMania season. I, I really did think, um, that WrestleMania out here in Los Angeles was the perfect night to kind of, um. Change direction with this bloodline stuff. I mm. thought Cody Rhodes should have won it, um, and it should have been really that simple. Um, to me, this was just like idiot booking, man. It was like, um, you're, you're telling a story, um, and we see where the story's going. To me, this again, I, I've compared it to other things. To me, it's just what it been like sitting through. Two long ass Avengers movies, and that Thanos just <laughs> killing everybody, all the disappeared, all the people that disappeared, disappeared even more and just died. And it made no sense, right? Um, it, it, in, in the, what, 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 what disturbed me the most about it is people in wrestling who I know know better defending that fuckery. Um like Stone Cold Steve Austin, a guy who's won the world title um at least three times at WrestleMania, um, talking about how great that was. Um no. Um, it's it is just even with the stuff that they did with the bloodline this past weekend, Mm um, I still think you could have told the story in a way where you could have with, did that exact
2: yeah same, you could do the exact same story same. If, and still have had cody win the wwe belt
4: right and i and i just hate this tribalism that exists in wrestling where well cody is an aew guy and blah blah no he's cody is not an aew guy he is a wwe guy he, this is where he works he works <laughs> in wwe He's a WWE guy. This, like this, this kind of stupid shit mm-hmm. um, that's just gone on for for so long in in wrestling. Um, I, I, in particular, WWE. It just it, it just never. They do stuff like this all the time. It's, I, I I wish I could say this is a brand new thing. I was hoping they were coming out of it, but I mean, I I remember being a kid, and um. Watching um, Hulk Hogan um, get mad at Sid Justice for fairly <laughs> throwing him out the ring, <laughs> and everybody booing him, I I, I I stopped being a Hulk Hogan fan that day, and I never got back to that, you know. Mm. Um, and it's it's just um, I really do. Um, I don't see how you like because this, it's looking like this is going to end um at WrestleMania next year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit through this until WrestleMania <laughs> next year. I I just don't and and I won't. You got to um, let it
2: play out, Chris.
4: Yeah, I'm I, I till, till WrestleMania. I I'm sure I'll see all of y'all um, at <laughs> WrestleMania next year because I me and my um my, my wife already said we, we will probably, because we still want to go to a couple um, Philly, New Jersey restaurants that we didn't get to go to um, on this last trip. Um, so we're probably going to be out there next year. And I just, I just don't understand uh, what WWE is. And, and, and I like, for me, I don't mind if, a story is predictable so long as mm-hmm. it m- makes sense. You know, um, like I never, ex- like I, I, I never went into a Back to the Future movie expecting <laughs> expecting Biff to win. You know, I've always expected Marty McFly to win. You know, it, it's it's uh, if someone can make all this make sense to me. Um, I, be my guest, but it's 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 just um, I, I just don't understand mm-hmm. um, WWE television at the moment in in the ma- in the main event scene, um, mm. and I'm I, I, like I said I I don't watch WWE like I used to. I watch, the way I watch it now is just um, is just the clips. I can't sit through a whole uh smackdown or uh, raw show because i just there's too much too much um stuff that's going to give me a headache in between in between time you know mm. so that's my thing. so that's a long answer <laughs> hey
2: at minutes. least you finished the story chris right. uh, <laughs> but i i feel like uh cuz we are getting ready to wrap things up for this edition of the NWA podcast, but I do want to go around the horn one last time because we look back at the biggest stories of the first half of 2023. But but now, Rich Fan, I want you to put on put on your prognostication hat. I want you to uh, step into the shoes of the late great Paul Mooney and give us a little bit of Negro Damas, if you will. Uh, and and, and uh, we're gonna go around the horn and everybody give a quick prediction for the next six months. Like, what are we gonna be talking about? when we meet up in December at the end of the year and like, this is what happened. These are the biggest stories of the year, Rich. What's one or two things that you are predicting for the next six months in this uh, professional wrestling business, brother.
1: I think in the next six months, we're going to see uh, more of the folks that are on collision doing quite well in AEW, maybe to their detriment, a guy like Ricky Starks, uh, maybe, maybe, you know going going jump and ship the WWE and i think mm-hmm. on the other side i think there's going to be a reckoning in terms of the amount of money WWE clears and whether or not the current lawsuit with MLW <clears throat> means Vince got to cut a little bit of a check to court power.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh John Ceno, uh what are your predictions for the next 6 months uh, aside from the fact that uh You and Kate will spend many a a weekend talking about the, the Muffin Man. Well,
5: I, first of all, I hope Collision is a very successful and lucrative show <laughs> for as long as it needs to be. So my voice can be heard for that. But honestly, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to how they're going to be transitioning the NXT people now to the main roster. And I mm. things are a little bit different. So we started to see it now with, with some of the people like Pretty Deadly all of a sudden getting like a nice little push. But not even the people that were drafted just recently. But I'm looking like in the future, somebody like a Carmelo Hayes, somebody like a Braun Breaker, mm-hmm. how are they going to be treated once they get called up? Because these are some really talented to the wrestlers they got that nxt and unfortunately there still is that 2.0 stink <laughs> that people aren't really giving nxt a chance but it has definitely improved um since the whole like Ben's dizzy, in, is in out dilemma whatever that is right so i'm really interested in like six months from now december to see exactly how the next crop of call-ups might actually transition and how they're going to be used going into the wrestlemania season
2: okay i like that pick a lot uh chris uh, we know nxt uh, 2.0 was your favorite show uh, in professional wrestling. Uh, uh, so, what what's your prediction for the uh, back half of 2023, man?
4: Okay, so this is this might spill over to the front half of 2024, but these three things this isn't even a prediction. Ooh. What one of these three things will happen, or all of these? Not three a prediction. It's a spoiler,
2: happen. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah,
4: um, Adam Cole is going to win the um, world title either the end of this year or beginning of next year. Okay. Logan Paul is going to win one of the Mm. world titles either the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Omos is going to win a world title either the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Mm. And I can. I, I think Cody's still going to win a world title, but I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he didn't win anything um, mm.
2: by the end of this year. Wow! I think the biggest story of the second half of 2023, Rich fan, is that Chris Ely has now joined the ranks of the Homo sapiens. No, I didn't. It's like hurts in the Bloods the
1: when they keep the unified, when nav- they keep the unified handkerchiefs. Yes, it's only going to be really <laughs> tall. Yeah, but <laughs> up there for that man,
2: Chris and Omas on the same page. I, you love to see it. Both of them got married this past week, so you know it's it, it, hey, that's growth, Chris. That's growth, brother.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not an Omos fan, but I just, I, I, I think this. I think this can could happen.
2: I You're I, right, I, Chris. You're not an Omos fan cuz when you're an Omos sapien, you family. Uh no, it's not it either, but um uh,
4: <laughs> I, I but I can see it happening in the in the Logan Paul thing. I could I could totally see that happening.
2: Okay. I, I like one <laughs> of those predictions better than the other. This,
4: this, this, keep in mind this isn't something that I want to happen, especially with Omos and Logan Paul, but I can <laughs> completely see it happening and I just want mm. to prepare all of our fans um for that day before it happens
2: all right so my my predictions for the end of the year uh uh I think in addition to you know kind of on-screen stuff like I feel like uh Jade Cargill will be the AEW women's champion mm-hmm. by the end of the year like I think that's something I'm gonna put down like Cody Devontae Rhodes uh I hope he finishes <laughs> the story by the end of the year Uh, But in terms of, like, the macro, Rich, I think the most intriguing thing is what we, you know, took a little detour talking about. And that is AEW and their relationship with WB. Uh, Because I feel like they are in a weird position, Rich, where they're valuable because they are live, you know, sports or sports-adjacent programming, which is still a valuable commodity in TV. Uh, But they're also wrestling. And as good as AEW has been, there's always going to be a bit of a stigma, I think in those boardrooms when somebody looks at, oh, that's wrestling, you know, that's, that's low brow. entertainment. So in terms of the negotiation, that's what I'm interested in. Like what can AEW get for their value to WB discovery? Uh, and then the other thing I'm interested in is, you know, probably, like I said, off the top, The biggest story of the year, most likely when it's all said and done, is the Endeavor deal. Like, what does that mean? Do we start to see changes as the year goes on? Do we start to see changes going into 24 uh, coming out of that Endeavor merger? And so those are kind of the biggest things I'm looking at. But you know what? This this show this show, Chris was a was a big deal, man. You know, shout out to the nephew Andrew Thompson that wasn't able to make it. Shout out to everybody that watched live. Shout out to everybody that is listening or watching in the future. But uh, you know, this show John Cena, um, was a show that is slightly transformed. You know, we we took a bit of a break from the norm. It was just a little something to to end the monotony of all this wrestling talk that has gotten to be uh, a little bit out of control, Rich fan uh and that's all i'm gonna say because i don't want to get sued and or slapped by the will smith industrial complex i don't need those (laughs) problems in 2024 but uh this was our first show of the summer everybody so i i I, i'm excited you know we got a new show with collision uh we've got some interesting things happening in the wwe and new japan uh like that forbidden door show i think it's gonna be a lot of fun rich um so Mm -hmm. I, i feel like and i was telling the guys you know before you got on the show tonight rich I haven't felt invigorated or invested in wrestling really since WrestleMania. So like the, you know, I've kind of, I've been watching, but you know, I got a lot of stuff going on between the shows and work and it just kind of wrestling's on, but I hadn't been invested and plugged in. And I feel like I'm starting to get plugged back in. uh, Cause things are starting to happen. So um, I'm excited. uh, But before we get out of here this month, we got to go around the horn one last time and uh, let these folks, uh, you know, promote themselves, plug themselves, uh do a lot of things man because because unlike the flash movie we're not a, we're not uh averse to promotion rich fans so let's start with this young brother john ceno who uh you know has has something that uh again we've been plugging it all night i feel like john away uh owes some some uh, uh royalties from uh from from the collision uh uh payout that, that y'all are getting uh you know i i i heard like i've seen the numbers you know it's not polite to talk about numbers you know in 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 the workplace chris but you know, the, the, these contracts, these multi-year contracts that Ceno and Kate signed uh, with Post Wrestling, man. I'm a little envious. <laughs> so, uh, Ceno, tell the people about Collision Course and uh, anything else you got going on, brother. Yeah, absolutely. The first
5: episode is up. We just recorded last night with a special guest. uh, John Polly joined us on week one. Next week, it'll be Wei Ting joining Kay Mm. as I'll be in Toronto. Uh, So if anybody's going to Forbidden Poor uh, before and after Forbidden Door at the Real Sports Bar right across (laughs) the street, say hello to me. But yeah, every weekend, you'll be able to catch me and Kay talking about Collision on Collision Course, um, breaking it down. Me and Kay watch a lot of wrestling, and me watching a lot of wrestling also transitions to one of the shows I have on Poison Rana, which is Shot in the Dark, where I cover, in 15 minutes or less, MLW, Ring of Honor um nwa woman of wrestling like shows that you don't even know are even still (laughs) happening i will talk about and i will i will i will pick out the the best parts of it and the 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 who to watch wrestlers and if you enjoyed my talk on the flash and dc and everything movie i have a show on the poisey Ronald feed as well with b detroit um where we talk about all culture pop culture hip-hop music um movies tv shows video games whatever you, and we're actually gonna record a show uh, next week in toronto so we might have some special guests on that show anybody from the toronto uh, area can come and join us for that but yeah check those shows out on the poison Rana feed as well as um collision course on the post-wrestling feed every weekend
2: all right shout out to that good brother john Ceno for spending some time with us this month uh rich fan uh you know well, I, I know you're excited <sighs> to listen to uh shot in the dark to hear john's thoughts about tyrus everybody's favorite world champion uh, but, but other than that, Rich, what, what, what are you, what are you going to be doing and where can the people find all of the good work that you do, uh, over at the torch, brother?
1: Yeah, sure. If you go to pwtorch.com slash go you can find most of my uh, shows, whether it's the deep dive with myself and Will Cooling, who is in the Ben-overse as mm. folks are well aware. <laughs> uh, this past week we had an episode of myself and WH park where we caught up a little bit on all together again. And we talked about new Japan, all Japan and, Noah working together on that pay-per-view, how that bled into Dynamite, how that bleeds into forbidden Door, and how that bleeds into all of Japanese wrestling in v one I also have I'm um, co-hosting Radican Worldwide with my man Sean Radican, who spent the last 20 plus years covering Ring of Honor in the Indies. And so being at the Learning Tree with him, working with him is always a pleasure. And of course, uh, you know, you wouldn't know me if it not for Travis Bryant over on the East Coast Cast every wednesday but not mm. for the past month because travis laptop broke we got him a new one he's on the way <laughs> uh we talk about wrestling life comics everything in between and last but certainly not least i have everything with rich and wade with me and editor publisher the torch wade keller talk about the wrestling events of the week typically it's tuesdays sometimes the mileage varies depending on if i'm on assignment and because of being on assignment i will be crossing that forbidden fence opening it a a little bit and sliding mm. on into the post verse this next month, where first I'll be with Wei Ting for the first episode of uh, Marvel's uh, Secret Invasion. But going forward, me and Mr. Park are going to be back again. That's right. Power Man and Iron Fist. <laughs> riding dirty through the six. That's what we do. That's how we do. At Rich underscore fan on Twitter. Rich fan no underscore on boutable And looking forward to chatting and always a pleasure.
2: All right, always good to hear from the good brother Rich fan, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, the coverage of Secret Invasion because I've got high hopes for that show. So I'm um, I'm sure uh, uh, I'll end up chopping it up with you guys for one of the episodes at least. Uh, but but I'm excited, man, and you know this man Nick Fury uh, back on these streets, so uh, that you can look forward to that, everybody uh, on the Post Network, uh, Chris Ely, <laughs> this, this this brother right here, walking stages, jumping brooms. Uh, disrespecting yeah. Cody Devontae Rhodes. It's been a busy <laughs> week, man. Been a busy week, but uh, where can the people find you on uh, Twitter and uh, and all your socials, man? Where can they find the the, the written work that you've done, Chris? And also, uh, are you going to take some time off, Chris? Because I feel like you need a little bit of a sabbatical, brother.
4: Uh, not in the immediacy, man. I wish <laughs> I wish I could, but uh, I have to. I have another class that starts uh, Tuesday. Damn, this um, man Chris said um, no days like, off, um, and then I am just working all summer. Um, I do want to uh, acknowledge uh, T. Anthony um, all real quick. Um, he said Biff won halfway through the film. Biff did not win at the end of the movie. Every Back to the Future ended with Biff losing, right? And then the next movie he lost, and then Buford Tannen and the third one, finally. Anyway, just have to get that out the way. Um, You can um, find me on uh, Twitter. It doesn't... I, I gotta get this fixed on my... Um, on this laptop, but um, on Twitter, um, I am K-M-E- Z-does-it. That's E-Z. Um, the letter E, the letter Z-does-it. Um... Follow me. Um, uh, I'm not, uh, my, my Instagram page is private, but I mean, if, <laughs> if, if you say who you are um, and you follow me on the gram, I'll, I'll you know, I'll allow that. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, it's just um, looking forward to a, a, um more writing um, and you can find my articles at wrestlenomics.com right now. I am just extremely busy with other writing stuff that I'm doing at the moment, but um, hopefully I'll have an article. Um, if not by the end of this month, by the beginning
2: of July. So um, just look for all that. All right. That's the good brother, the professor, Chris Ely. Uh, also, uh, for those that don't know, Chris Ely has now been announced as the permanent co host on the Kings of Sport podcast. So, uh, we yeah. will, we will, uh, we'll do an episode here in the near future as soon as we can get our schedule synchronized up. Uh, but, but, uh, you can check that out. The latest episode we put out was uh, right before the NBA Finals, and we gave our predictions. Uh, we also introduced uh, Ray Williams, Sugar Ray Williams, who was a new member to the team, and we got a new logo. We've got a new theme song that I shared with Chris. So uh, thing, things, they are happening, Rich fans. So uh, the, the Kings of Sport, don't, don't call it a comeback, brother. Uh, you can check out all of that at the thekingsofsport.com as well as uh, CosPod, K-O-S underscore P-O-D, on Twitter. As for me, Uh, So many shows, Rich fans. So many shows. Uh, (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K at Nate Mosaic. Check out the Nubian Wrestling Advocates here on post. Uh, Check out the Rocky Maivia Picture Show whenever it returns on post. Uh, Also check out the Kings of Sport. Check out... Uh, the main event over at place to be nation and check out the Lituation room. So we had like a 20 minute tangent talking about superhero stuff and comic stuff. Rich fan, the Lituation room is where you can get over two hours of that every month with me in the Lituation room, Brittany Monet, uh, the great Vanessa shark and Clement Bryant. Uh, It's over at the, uh, Uh, multiverse of color used to be the known as the DC TV podcast networks, but given the state that DC and Warner brothers is in uh, Andy B, the founder of the network is like, you know what? I might not want to hitch my wagon to this particular train. So we're going to be the multiverse of color where we talk about everything, DC, Marvel, you know, movies that aren't in the superhero genre, just pop culture in general. Check that out. Uh, For everything else at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K on Twitter uh and andrew thompson the youngest in charge he wasn't here this month but be sure to check out that brother andrew thompson's youtube interviews always got good guests on there and on twitter i believe it's ad thompson underscore underscore i believe he's the double underscore so uh check out the nephew the youngest in charge show that man some love uh but we did it chris this was uh the Nubian Advoc- Wrestling Advocates' new definition of summer madness. We survived. We took the heat. We stayed in the kitchen, all sorts of metaphors. But we want to thank everybody for watching, everybody for listening. Want to thank John Pollock and Wei Ting, the proprietors of Post Wrestling. Want to thank uh, Righteous Reg, the good brother, Righteous Reg. Shout out to Reg and Phil and, and uh, Will and the Grapsy Cat. Shout out to SB3. Uh, you know, of course, shout out to uh, Rich, you know, the, the, the community, if you will. Uh, out here on these uh, podcast streets, uh, but shout out to Reg for giving us the theme song. It's the uh, it's the second greatest theme song uh, in, in post wrestling history. Uh, you know, after the, that that banger, that classic that John Cena created uh, uh, out here for Collision.
5: Uh, yeah, I already got people hitting hitting me up trying to spit sixteen on it. I'm like, listen, I want to keep it instrumental for now, but we'll talk down the road. <laughs> uh,
2: wouldn't It wouldn't be great <sighs> if you get Phil Brooks to drop sixteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the muffin man on the track make it happen Sino Uh, but yeah so that's going to do it for this edition of the NWA podcast Um, again thank you to Sino and Rich for stepping in tonight happy father's day to all the fathers out there Uh, and I think that's it happy Juneteenth if if you have to work if you're part of the corporate machine and the cog in the wheel I feel for you but if you have the day off enjoy it and uh, embrace your freedom Uh, but for Rich for Sino for the Professor Chris Ealy, for Andrew Thompson, wherever he is. I am the Godfather, Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted. And I should have had more forethought, Rich, because I, I was still on the comment screen. And I have to go to the music screen so I can do a proper outro. But, but you know, maybe, maybe people are waiting to see if there's a tag at the end of this. Is Wonder Woman gonna show up, or Henry Cavill, or Chuck, or none of the above? So, for Rich, Pacino, for for Chris, I'm Nate. Revolution may not be televised, damn sure will be podcasted. We will see y'all in July.
3: Yo, it's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter. The professor, the godfather. Post-wrestling, the NWA, not O. Keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest. It's hot excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling, in the ring we invested in. Nubian kings and queens we invested in. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. It's for the culture and we reppin' it.